Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. from an avian milliner's on the rough end of the death zone, it's a wheezing groaning sound, the only podcast about Doctor Who, no matter what our guest might say. It's a new year and we're off on a mission, so to find that perspex cube with tons of tood, the key to time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Tom Neenan and joining me are two men never afraid to wave their rods around in the hope of getting lucky, it's Paul Litchfield and John Rain. But because this is an epic mission and because last series Leela fell in love with literally anyone, just the first person she could see, she was out of there. (laughs) We need help, and help comes in the form of the ultimate Doctor Who authority, a man who knows his bin row from his bin liner, his K9 from his K1, and his Ian Cuthbertson from his Ian Levine. It's comedian, actor, writer, and genuine Who legend, Mr. Toby Haydock! Hello! Hey. Hello. I Hello. Hey. Thanks for having me. Thank you for doing this. What a pleasure. Um, Toby, it's it's a, it's a matter of some record, but I feel like every guest we have on, we sort of talk a bit about your first introduction to Doctor Who. So may I ask the first story you ever watched and the impact it had on you? Well, up until being asked on this podcast, I'd never seen Doctor Who before. Oh, my Whoa. God. Uh, as it's I all been guesswork. It's, it's all been guesswork. That's incredible. amazing. I just kind of figured it's, I think it's, I'd heard a rumour it was sort of, it was Star Wars for the gays. And I sort mm. of took, yeah. um, No, my. <laughs> Have you ever had three up you? <laughs> my, my first uh, experience of Doctor Who is um, a story a year prior to this one um, called The Invisible Enemy. But I think it was, well, I know it was a summer repeat because my brothers had seen it before because they went, oh, I remember this, but this is when this happens. Um, So this is my first. And then I remember a a lot of the next story, The Pirate Planet, a couple of stories from this season. So, Mm -hmm. but but yeah, it was around this time, my first memories. Oh, nice. Wow. That's exciting. I'm glad I had in my mind... Uh, that it was Destiny of the Daleks, but is that incorrect? That, that's, heard that. that's an early memory too. Um, I remember Davros's hands moving at the end of, uh, of episode two. Oh, I remember the end of episode one of that as well. But no, mm. my, definitely my first memory is the beginning of episode one of The Invisible Enemy, definitely, mm. uh, which is uh, a couple of years prior to Destiny. Fantastic. So we're very much in your, like, uh, you know, this was formative time for you, this, this like, the, the Keats Time series. Def- oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I remember Pirate Planet very, very clearly. Ooh. Ooh. We're not doing that, though. We're not doing that. We, well, <laughs> and, and it will be interesting that we'll get to... I don't remember this at all the first time round, mm. and yet, uh, as an adult, I adore it, and that might be... That, that, that might well be something that we will discuss but or we might just talk about tits and fannies fannies. (laughs) (laughs) i've I've heard this before (laughs) (laughs) i mean i I mean we're still waiting on prince andrew to get back on (laughs) we really do hope he will come good 
Yeah, he's he's holding out for Battlefield. Oh, <laughs> he watched that and then he can't sweat. It's very strange. Um, Funnily enough, there is a Prince Albert in this, so yeah. watch out for that later. Yeah, um, but obviously, maybe you might have memories of things that were also happening around this time. Paul, what else was on television on this day of all days that the first episode of the Rebus Operation was aired? Wow. What a, <laughs> a link that sounded like that a Facebook excellent. post. Yeah. <laughs> that sounded like a letter on points of view. That was yeah. beautiful. <laughs> Imagine um, my surprise. Well, it was Saturday the 2nd of September 1978, gang. <gasps> oh, yes. Now, if you were watching good old BBC One, um, there was a, I'm going to say, unfortunately, slightly slim pickings. But at 9.55, mm. you had cut and thrust. Whoa! Yes, David Vine begins a series of eight programmes, count them, eight, <laughs> about the art and science of fencing. Episode one, fighting! <laughs> <laughs> Which is perfect. I don't imagine he's even picked up the airplay yet. He's just literally fisted up. <laughs> Come on, you fucker! No, no, no. Hold the sword. Hold the sword, David. <laughs> There you go. And then it was, of course, Grandstand, Grandstand, bloody, bloody Grandstand, um, all the way up until um, the news. And then Mm. it was Doctor Who at a beautiful, respectable time of 5.45 of the p.m. That's good, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, And it does have a blurb, Tom. A very simple blurb, but it tells you, listen, this is a beautiful, exactly what it says on the tin. It just says, the Rebus operation, the Guardian of Time gives the Doctor a difficult task and a new assistant. Well, he does. Nothing wrong with that. No. Yeah, he does all that the time. I would argue he's not. He's obviously, there are two guardians of time. Although one of them doesn't like time. It's being a bad job of being a guardian of time. I don't know how they delineate. We'll get to that anyway. That is a, that's a whole issue about how they got the job of guardian. Yeah. yeah. But Radio Times doesn't cover that in said blood. <laughs> um, Actually, it says that verbatim. Yes. <laughs> and then just trails off. If yeah, you went yeah. on teletext, you got all of that. But <laughs> anyway, after that was the European Athletics Championships live from Prague. Nice. Now this is amazing. This is the I love it when you get a Radio Times typo, and this is possibly the best ever. So it's the European Athletics Championships live from Prague, featuring Brendan Foster, no idea, uh, yeah. Nick Rose, don't know, and a dot a dot backslash dot jm dot m forward slash dot s. <laughs> J-I-M dot M-H-I-A-U dot Mike McLeod. Ah, that's Elon, <laughs> Ma- that's Elon Musk's lad. <laughs> it's a very modern name, isn't it? It's a very modern name in the 70s. Is that, yeah. is that his nickname? He had lasers, <laughs> he had lasers for legs. <laughs> <laughs> and after that was Saturday Night at the Movies. And the Ooh. film, of course, was a classic, The Sheep Man. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. Yeah. Not, not bad, that film. Hey! Oh, no. Although the plot is a bit woolly. Oh! Nice. Uh, it's it's certificate you though. So all hey! the oh, that's big that, you bastard. That's, that's certainly what I heard. <laughs> heard of sheep? That doesn't work. And starring Michael Sheard. Oh, oh very oh. nice. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd have to be shown the sheep to like it. Oh fuck! Oh. <laughs> Although I did hear the the pro- the production got into trouble and the director went on the lamb. Oh my god! I feel sick. Hmm. Um. Anyway, here's a blur. Jason Sweet makes uh, sorry meets strong opposition, introducing sheep into the area. Oh. 
there you go. That was that one. Not as exciting as it sounds, then, is it, really? No. <laughs> Starring Elvis Presley. <laughs> <laughs> now, a little bit later on, you had Starsky and Hutch. Hey! The episode, Lady Blue. Ooh. Mm, oh, yeah, and it is. Ooh. And what time's that on? Uh, uh, exactly 9 of the p.m. Oh, I was hoping it, later, it might be erotic. Well, <clears throat> if you want erotic, John, mm. oh. get this. A nightclub girl... <gasps> Ooh. is brutally murdered now. Oh. Oh. And it transpires that she's was an ex-policeman <gasps> Helen Davison oh. Oh. with whom Starsky was once in love with. Oh. What was that, what's that sentence again? With whom Starsky was once in love with. Oh, that, does that work? I'm Not really, to, I'm, no. <laughs> I'm picking the number of wits that's, in that well, Grammatically, that's trying to wedge a key in a lock that doesn't fit it. Really. <laughs> Turning the handle. Hey. Yeah, I, I, I just tells it like it is. No, Fair no. enough. I'm not blaming. But it says this. It says this. This is brilliant. It says mm. starring Hutch, which mm. is what do you mean starring Hutch? <laughs> Jabba the Hutch. Starring, yeah. starring Hutch, David mm. Soul, our soul, mm. Starsky, <laughs> Paul Michael Glazier, mm-hmm. Helen Davison, unknown. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's horrible. Jane Doe, surely. Yes. Well, there you go. Anyway, BBC Two. Oh, boy, 7.40. 7.40 of the AM to 1.30. It was your open bloody university. Here we go. Lovely stuff. No, unfortunately not. Oh. <laughs> no, I, I wish we could have a... Darn it! No. <laughs> Courses include moral philosophy, uh, food, uh, co-op, uh, food cooperatives in uh, Vermont, hmm. <laughs> the buoyancy of marine animals, and James Bond. Oh, oh! I don't know what that. Maybe a Q-based thing about gadgets. Or maybe something, so, because this is betwixt two films, isn't it? Because Spy Love Me seventy eight seven, and yeah, uh, and uh, Moonraker seventy nine. So there's no yeah. Bond film this year. Maybe, oh gosh! Well, there you are. Mm. Anyway, a little bit later on was the Festival of Festivals. Right. Music festivals from around the world. Oh. A rarely performed opera by Handel, due to its lack of action and tangled plot. <laughs> With your host, mm-hmm. get ready, Raymond Leopard. <laughs> Come on, easy, easy to spot. Just joyous, <laughs> Raymond That's... Leopard. You should see him run. Hey. <laughs> Is that toast? Is that toast of London? Doing that the like it sounds so toast of London, does it? Like Penny Traitor. Yeah. <laughs> Just Leopard. amazing, Raymond, Raymond Leopard. Leopard. Hello, I'm Raymond Leopard. Look at me run. <laughs> and then a little bit later on, you had the Midnight Movie. Ooh. 20,000 Years in Sing Sing. <laughs> With Spencer Tracy and Bette Davis. Oh, nice. Featuring remarkably factual prison scenes. <laughs> um, do you want to learn a little scum, fact about Raymond Leopard? Oh, yeah. Please. Um, he studied the harpsichord at Trinity College, Cambridge. <laughs> there, oh. there you go. That's a little. I thought little... you were going to say it was lost when he was young in Africa and bought up by wild cheaters. <laughs> I was, was going to say, unfortunately, the irony was ever lost on him. He failed his exam because he was seen to be a cheater. Oh, hey. Well, anyway, that was your television delights uh. on BBC One and BBC Two. Oh, but why? Oh, why? Why? Why would you watch Raymond Leopard when? <laughs> <laughs> The, I'm the, sorry, Raymond Leopard sounds like he was like a serial killer. In the last <laughs> he shot a postmaster. Yeah. And he hung a dog. The police are looking for Raymond Leopard. Raymond Nobody Leopard. ever caught the leopard. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, Interpol. Good night. <laughs> Don't have nightmares. 
about Raven Leopard. Um, why would you want to be watching that when you could be watching the Reboss Operation? Mm. What a fine piece of work it is. Uh, Toby, do you want to yeah. kick us off with yes, this Yes, I'm slightly worried piece. about this, you know. Why? Because, uh, well... Because I tend to well, it well we'll see, won't we? Because mm. obviously I've I've done a podcast on this, and I I tend to uh, accentuate the positive um, because mm. I'm a, a, a so little, do we. I'm a little sucky. <laughs> cool. No, but as a as an avid listener of Weezing Groaning Sound, I mm. I much prefer it when you hate the story. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'll Except, let you into a little spoiler: is that I neither mm. hated nor loved this film, this episode. Ah, oh. so. Interesting. So we'll see. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Well, I mean, good, good, well done for saying how wrong you are early on in. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, yes. No, I, it's, let's, right, well, let's get into it. Episode yes. one of the Reboss operation uh, begins with Doctor Who and Canine, who are mm-hmm. mucking about and planning a holiday. When the lights go out, <laughs> the composer whips out his organ and a booming voice rings out. The Doctor realises that the voice belongs to the Guardian because it, it whinges about hamsters being racist and gives him a lecture about pepper grinders being <laughs> patriarchy or something. Based, uh, but Based on the set, though, I thought he was going to have an argument with jo- uh, Michael Palin and John Cleese about Life of Brian. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yes, that wicker chef. Yeah. I thought it was a man from Del Monte, briefly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's very much packing the man from uh, Del Monte vibe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He he says um, nothing rather than yes, mm. um, uh, but, but uh, he's he's the white guardian, uh, mm. and he hasn't even got any black guardian friends, which means that um, he's just a fucking hypocrite. Um, uh, he's, obviously own... from, he's obviously from the Devon side of California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He needs to check his own guardian privilege. Um, he is a but... guardian, so he's probably full of spelling errors, just so we know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he, he's really meant, meaning to send the doctor for the for the Ken to Tome. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, it gets lost in translation. Also, he meant uh, the real operation, not Reboss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, why, is he, but, why is he drinking fairy liquid as well? That is a, an odd choice they made for the guy that he's got some mm. very odd concoction. It looked like WKD. I, yeah. I thought he was drinking Sills blood. Mm. <laughs> I, I thought it was creme de menthe or something. Ah. Like that. Well, there you go. Oh, no. He's so, a very sophisticated man. Yeah, yeah, it's something that you'd find in a in a drinks cabinet in the late 1970s. It's basically mm. Well, let's find out which one of our gentlemen is right and put it through the tabulator. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Can I ask a question, Toby, at this point? Because you're a Doctor yeah. Who expert. And to- I'll, I'll put it to Tom as I've, well. Because, I've never uh, claimed to be such a thing. But, oh, right. Well, yes. in my eyes... In hmm. my eyes... I've seen the tattoo, <laughs> the Toby. I've seen with- the tattoo. What the fuck's wrong with Tom's lip? Ah oh. well, oh. Uh, this, ah well, he ah. He's, he he got savaged by the Graf Vindicate's dog between production. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, really? In in a yeah in a pub, uh, <laughs> uh, a the Graf Vindicate yeah. said, "This is my dog. He does a thing where if you put a sausage <laughs> in your mouth, he'll he'll eat it from your mouth." And Tom Baker went, "Well, that's a marvelous idea, uh, <laughs> especially as I'm mid continuity." And, uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, put the sausage in his mouth, and the dog bit his face. Oh my God. <laughs> I would say that it's pretty obvious that Tom's got herpes. <laughs> and I have a theory. I think he might have caught it from maybe Rulalenska after they both shared a static caravan following a night um, on the town after a charity gymkhana for a donkey's with spina bifida. That's just, that's just my theory. It would explain his lilting hair over the next couple of years. That is um, yeah. and, and actually, Robert Keegan, who played Shellac, did run a donkey sanctuary. So well, you, you may there have you stumbled go. onto something there, there you Paul. Go. You sense. build it and they will come. <laughs> I, 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 
Um, I'm, there are other theories that he might have contracted it from Sir John Mills Cummerbund, uh, which he pinched <laughs> from a hunchback assistant DP from the set of Ryan's Daughter. But we don't know. We just don't know. <laughs> we don't know. Some say he might have maybe got infected by Eartha Kitt's Mexican hairless after stroking it counterclockwise <laughs> behind a sleeping mime artist during the video shoot for uh, Paris Under the Bridges. Again, we don't know. We don't know. And, of course, the last theory is that it probably got infected by removing an olive stain from Bob Todd's belly button live on air <laughs> during a live celebrity It's a Knockout on the Isle of Sheppey. But, again, I, I, don't, I don't want to put words into anyone's mouth. Oh, well, well, thank you for clearing that up, both of you, all three of you. Um, yeah, well, that, that probably explains mm. why, why Paul Seed, who played the graph, went on to become... Uh, he, after this, he got on the BBC Director's Course. Yes. And presumably, mm. uh, to do that, he, he had to lie uh, about how Tom Baker uh, got his herpes lip and yeah. took the fall, uh, and as a result, oh, yeah. was rewarded with a, with a BBC Director's Contract. He went, on to make, he went on to direct House of Cards and he, to play the king, so good did, for him. He did, yeah. It's very yeah. good. Now, here's, here's the thing, because the, the White Garden, at, at the very beginning, says the Doctor that the, all these keys of time have been scattered in various places. Why? The yeah. <laughs> no, that doesn't bother me because he oh. says, and, and and consequently, they're all safe and they're hidden. Hmm. What I want you to do is collect them all up again. Yeah, yeah. Why? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, they had this idea of having a, a, a sort of a season-long story arc. No, I understand but, that. But, but, <laughs> but, but that, and then they went to the pub and thought no more about it until, ah. until putting it together and went, well, let's just do a vague, a vague thing. Yeah, well, we'll this, just is, do yeah. That. this is way ahead of its time, though. Well, well to have like one long story who? to have uh, a yeah. massive story that develops over a series rather than it being episodic. Yeah. Yeah, and mm. um, and it means the season's massively ahead of its time about six or seven occasions over the next six months. Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, we must talk about our first reveal of the fantastic Mary Tam. Can I ask? I think there's something in Paul's idea, because uh, because not only does he have a herpes lip, he's wearing, for the first time ever, I think, for Tom Baker, <laughs> a cravat like you'd wear if you are trying to hide a hickey. He's got, like, mm. a, a weird sort of, like, cravat thing underneath his shirt for the first time, which I don't mind. Is he just literally riddled with everything? <laughs> <laughs> he really is. <laughs> his he scarf's longer as well, night. isn't it? Or is, have I imagined that? No, that's, um, he, he chose to have a longer scarf, didn't he? In this, mm. in, uh, from, from, from here on, I believe. Unless Did he I'm want slowly to wrong. get rid of all the assistants and just have it just be the scarf so they couldn't even fit in the TARDIS well, anymore? If I was a producer on Who at this point, I'd be thinking... <laughs> What the fuck is wrong with this bloke? Because the last, <laughs> the last time we watched was the Sontara experiment and he had to hide his face in that. Yeah. He had an injury. Yeah. And this one has been bit by a dog. What the, fuck, what the fuck's wrong with this bloke? Yeah. He's method, he's method. He gets involved. I mean, I mean, in the next episode, he's got a lamppost up his arsehole. <laughs> so they have to film him from his shoulders up. <laughs> That's why he's so miserable in the next series. Can he's I just, tell he's... you my, my Mary Tam fact? Please. Please. Well, sorry to interrupt you, Toby, but we mentioned a long time ago in the what was on TV that day bit mm -hmm. that there was a TV series. Hello, Goodbye Man. Hello, Goodbye Man Yay! with Ian Lavender. And I looked it up today. I did some research on Mary Tam and it was enjoyable. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. And I, I, pulled it, I pulled my arm. Um, yeah, and I saw Mary Tam was in it with Ian Lavender. So the, yeah. uh, we're, we're back to the Hello, Goodbye Man. Who do you think you are kidding? Hello, goodbye, goodbye man. man. Goodbye, man. If you're looking at Mary Tam. 
Who do you think you are kidding, Mr. Master, with your dirty book of fun? <laughs> you know, the boys will cut your Polaroids. Um, anyway. The tragedy um, is Mary Tam wouldn't, wouldn't have got in Ainsley's book because he was he was not back at this point. So that's the ultimate tragedy. No, he was uh, oh. he was in be- was he in between being Peter Pratt and Jeffrey Beavers at this point? He was sort of uh, <laughs> he, he was. So it was it was, uh, it was Jeffrey's uh. Beavers rather than his. Uh, <laughs> that, uh, that were being there's, compiled. There's nothing worse than being in betwixt a Pratt and a Beaver. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the modern rock and a hard place. Yeah. <laughs> Toby, for God's sake, steer us quicker. Yeah. <laughs> we'll all shut up now, Toby. Sorry. Yeah, no, Sorry. Right, so uh, back in the TARDIS, the Doctor is introduced to his new companion, and having just got rid of a companion who was a savage dressed in leisure for the dads to ogle at, the show takes great strides forwards by having an intelligent, cool ice maiden for the dads to ogle at. She makes a a very sexy entrance with the camera starting at her feet and panning up. Mm. That's the new companion, says the Doctor, in a manner which suggests that what he's actually saying is, I'd give her one. (laughs) Me too. He has a good sort of Benny Hill reaction to the camera. It really sure. does. Uh, <laughs> can I just note, and I'm sure you're going to get to this in a moment, Toby, but I just have to say, Tom's repartee with K9, using K9 as a vessel to be cheeky with Mary Tam, I love mm. that. Yeah, and it's because Tom hated K9, but he liked John Leeson, so so everything he does with K9 is a bit of a compromise because um, oh. he, he, he wasn't a great he wasn't a great fan of K9, but uh, K9 be? joins in, doesn't he? he? Wags his ears when uh, mm, Romana fine. comes in, suggesting you know that he's looking at her and he thinking, has an oil spill. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Tiny little uh, lipstick comes out. <laughs> Um, I've spilt Brasso and and as if predicting the the, uh, materialisation of the wheezing groaning sound Romana comes armed with a vibrator uh, and she's built a hole she provides the TARDIS with a new hole Uh, uh, what do we think about the key to time wand I really like it it's good isn't it it's like Bertie Bassett's wand (laughs) <laughs> it's like if you wave that at Bertie Bassett yeah. he'd like show you his bum it's, yeah. like little, I don't know. it's like a little cubist rainbow I love it it yeah. is can you, um, can you buy replicas anyway this is kind of the thing I'd imagine you could easily buy a replica of at some point it looks quite easy to, to copy I bet you can yeah, I hope, I so, I hope so I want I to get my there a nice lolly there's a nice lolly that looks a bit like it yeah it's, it's a fab isn't all the it? different colours going oh, yeah, up yeah, in yeah. that yeah Oh, I don't like it that much, Tom, but, you know, um, um, it, there's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they put, they've put a hole in his TARDIS. Um, yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, it's... Because some of that, that console is looking a bit... Is looking a bit... T- it's, it's not looking too bad, but it's a bit tired, isn't it, that console by this point? Yes. Mm. Yes, but... Uh, I love it, though. Uh, <laughs> it's brilliant. Yeah, I, I, I'm yeah, sorry to is... be the, the one that always does this every time we talk about mm. the old TARDIS, but yeah. I love this definition of the TARDIS and I don't like the the exploded vagina that we have for all the new doctors <laughs> I, I'm I'm sort of right. with 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 John because I I, 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 pref, I prefer my TARDIS to be sort of Heath Robinson you know it's stuck together with sticky tape it's falling to bits that's yeah. what the doctor is Star yeah. Trek had the coolest chip in the fleet and I yeah. never felt mm. part of Star Trek because I was never cool I mm. liked the guy who did things that were amazing in a sort of shambolic sort of way yeah. And, and, yeah. And, and the TARDIS mm-hmm. now is grown as well which I, n- nobody the doctor can't grow anything 
me knock it over. Um, <laughs> I've, I've tried. To, I've tried to grow courgettes. It's fucking hard, let alone a spaceship. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I much prefer the old sort of Heath Robinson kind of TARDIS. Also, it makes me think of the, um, you know, the Yellow Submarine cartoon where they go to the sea of holes and it's just like a big blank, a big huge vast white nothingness. Oh uh, yeah, that's yeah. what it makes me think of. It, it, I, I guess that's what they were going for. They were saying that the TARDIS is so vast in a kind of space sense. Toby, 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 darling. Yeah. Um, um, as a courgette grower, what's what's what's, <laughs> been, the, uh, what's been the issue? Um, actually, I, I, I was I was. Doing are you growing them in there, earth? Or are you growing them in no, pots? No, I've, 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 we've we've got courgettes outside. Um, mm, they're okay, right. actually. I was I was just doing myself down. I have trouble <laughs> oh, right, with pumpkins, okay. though. I tell you pumpkins, what, I've never made a pumpkin. Oh well, pumpkins can fuck off. Yeah, courgettes. I mean. You know, I mean, I grow them in pots, which is notoriously difficult because they they don't like a pot. They do not like growing vertically. But my advice so is, hmm. if you wanna if you wanna grow a courgette, uh, make sill yeah. sexually aroused. That's my. Uh... <laughs> oh, I see. I see. So you like see? about courgettes, but it must have been love was a banger. <laughs> I'm surprised that the yeah. two Ronnies, if they were around when it must have been love would come out, yeah. they'd have called the band courgettes. Mm. And then they've called it something like it must have been gloves or something. Gardening gloves. And it you'd must have had Barker gardening. as the man playing guitar, and you'd have had Corbett as the lady. Because oh, yeah. did they never do a Doctor Who parody? I mean, I know they did. They did a Star did. Trek. No. They did a they did a Star no, Wars song. I remember that. They even did, did Little Hampton Jones instead of Indiana yeah. Jones. So, yeah. Didn't Ronnie yeah. Barker once materialise as uh, Wurzel Gummidge in the TARDIS and go, "Oh, I've got the wrong head on" or something? No, nope. that a sketch? I don't no? think they ever did Doctor Who. No. <laughs> they never did Doctor Who. Well, I'm no. going to go back in time and write that sketch and give it to Ronnie Barker because that is a... Thank no, you. no, no, give That's it to Gerald thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and have Barker at the script meeting and go, oh, yeah. I've just found this Gerald thing in the script. <laughs> Awful, I'm putting it to the bottom, but I'm going to read it anyway. Going to read it anyway. Yeah. And by the way, while we're reading this, this writer sounds fucking gorgeous, I reckon he? we just... should pay him more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, more than me. Yeah. <laughs> Rolly, that's very generous of you. Being well, so generous. I like, I believe in new writers. By the way, he's also, uh, yeah, it's his son who's the uh, who's the dodgy one as well, not mine. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. really funny. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now look, now we've comprehensively covered what? six minutes. <laughs> Shall we carry on? Yeah, yeah. sorry, sorry. We haven't uh, met up for a while. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah. <coughs> okay, well, uh, it's appropriate because um, the, we, we've already had about 10 minutes of the, the reboss operation. Haven't got to reboss yet. But yes. now, mm. on a planet where everything happens inside, even mm. the outside where it's snowing, Scunner Campbell and Hartley Hare are preparing mm. to drop some meat down a hole. <laughs> but down below, Paul Morrow off of Space 1999 <laughs> is protecting his crown jewels <laughs> by unleashing a beast. But the beast is asleep Aww. and nothing can rouse it because the Scunner Campbell has laced the meat. And this allows Malcolm from the Vic Sinex adverts, who's also Hartley here, to do something naughty to Paul Morrow's crown jewels. <laughs> oh, oh, we're doing wonderful. a podcast with Rain Man. It's amazing. <laughs> I like the fact that the guy lighting the lamps, he's, he's, they look like, he looks like he's lighting little raspberries. <laughs> It's Toby, like raspberry lamps. Toby, can you come back every week, please? Yeah. I would uh, say yeah, this... Yeah, um... it's, it soon wears thin, I promise you. Oh, okay. I've been, I've been divorced a number of times. <laughs> no, I remember the divorce we went through, Toby. It was rough as fuck, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah, this... You got custody of the facts. <laughs> you shouldn't have married a Brillo pad. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. And, Sorry. Um, mm. Tom. Yes. I'm being, I'm being a bit like Esther Ransom. And Tom. Hello. Esther Ransom once hugged me outside of an awards ceremony. That's another... Oh, God, this is never going to end. All right, go yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. No, you were six and I rang Childline. Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, holding a carrot that looked like a hilarious appendage. <laughs> and it's um, sausages. Yeah, I would love... <laughs> all that I would say about this safe room, because the, basically all of the rebus operation hinges on this safe room, right? Yes. It's the least safe room I've ever seen. Yes. Like, yeah. There's about nine different ways of getting into it and breaking yeah. into it. <laughs> and it all hinges yeah. on a monster. Yes. Yeah. A, a, a monster that's permanently asleep, like a narcoleptic kind but what of. What if you shot slug. the monster in the face? Then everything falls down. <laughs> <laughs> also, <clears throat> also, what part of the the rebus operation is the operation? Is that okay? Well, uh, is that an operation? Is, is a the heist the op- <clears throat> yeah. Oh, okay. Right. All right. Yeah. It's complicated. All right. It's what it's in 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 the in the business of uh, uh, of uh, confidence trickery. It's uh, the the parlance is to call a con an operation. Oh, you're uh, right. In fact, the original you're title right. of the rebus operation was I've just seen the hustle, operation. and they yeah. yes, yes, you're right. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so in op- yeah. in the game operation, are you supposed to yeah. con that man out of his health insurance? <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, basically, so you've got an ingrown toenail, but I'm taking your yeah. heart out. You're supposed to it's distract him with grapes while you nick his wishbone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's basically set in Asia, and they're going to take it your liver. Yeah. And, um, but what I'm going to have to say, the trickster Garen is brilliant. Oh. I love him as oh, a character. Oh, God. And stunning delivery of, of what has to be said. A lot of lines, a lot of stuff yes. he has to say. Yeah. And yes. he's genuinely stunning. And I love his... Um, his faux, almost like Irene Handel, who do you know and all that when he's talking to Graf. It's a lot of fun, and, isn't and it? Then, when, and then he's back with his cronies, back to all that again. No, I mm. feel, I, I mean... Communist Mark. I think, he, I think he sells this entire um, story. I'm aware of Ian Cuthbertson, and I think it might be mainly, as Toby wisely pointed out, from Supergran. 
Campbell. <laughs> and Charlie Endel in Budgie. Yeah, well, oh, I feel like I've heard him do that yeah. voice elsewhere. Did he do that voice as Scanner Campbell, or was he in no, something? No, Scanner Campbell was, was Scottish, very Scottish, and was mm. himself. Yes, but I've heard Cuthbertson doing that voice somewhere before, and I'll have to research. Apologies for bringing that into this podcast. Maybe Budgie. Maybe, well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't know about. I've seen Budgie when it got repeated in the. Uh, this is too much information. <laughs> uh, all I remember is that um, Adam Faith held up a red suitcase. <laughs> Hang on. We're not talking about the show, this show, showed everyone his budget. Yeah, <laughs> this isn't the budget written by the Terry wife Venables. of the of the dodgy the dodgy fella. This isn't. Prince I Sarah don't Ferguson's know, Nan. Budget. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> this really is literally like that, now, isn't it? It's a Prince Four Andrew's men wife. in crochet blankets hang on, hang on. sat in wheelchairs, going, "Who's got the budget?" Budget was, budget was written by Tony Venables. What did Toby? <laughs> Hang on, I think what, it the, was the murderer. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was Thank the you. child murderer. <laughs> no, I'm getting very confused. John <laughs> okay, okay, right, right. Okay, the this footballer. This is piece. Yes, yeah. fair enough. Anyway, sorry. Carry on. Carry on. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so the doctor is sulking whilst the new companion shows she is cool and intelligent by brushing mm, yes. her hair. She is, however, very patronising, and this annoys Doctor Who, which is excellent yeah. because she's good at being patronising and he's good at being annoyed. She uses long words and he thinks she's a twat, but is also very cross because his face has been half-chewed off by a dog. <laughs> uh, uh, on the on a planet Rebos, uh, the Scanner Campbell, who is pretending to be an agent, as in a state, not special, mm. yeah. meets the K, as in Grafvinder, not special, who is a very... <laughs> who is a very <laughs> <laughs> angry prince uh, he's arrived on Rebos with his general and let's face it lover Sholak yeah. uh, a scarred old veteran who you just know has probably eaten people during a campaign and suggested yeah. a bit of, bit of keep, keeping warm during a siege but they just don't talk about that later <laughs> okay. I love Graf though I love the actor playing Graf he's he, so he looks good like Jack from he's on fantastic the buses, doesn't he? he does very good sort of Shakespearean ups and downs in his voice and later on when he gets to do a big battle cry he's very good at it Yes. I, really I, like so, his, I, I love his second in command. What's he called again? Shalak. 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 Boom, boom, Shalak, Shalak, boom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> boom, boom, take the room. He's mm-hmm. got like a sort of isosceles triangle face. It's all yes. sloping. <laughs> and he just looks like he's and seen And he's constantly things. winking. Yeah. yeah. He, Was that real like, or is that an effect? He's all... The, the reason... Just probably got bitten out by a dog, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, was that the same Put a sausage in your eye. <laughs> Once he was dressed up as a dog. <laughs> then he I, on I think the reason Graf is so good is because he would normally, you'd, they'd have cast somebody like Prentice Hancock, who's mm. playing the captain, who's a very shouty actor. Yeah. But what mm. Paul yeah. C does is is he takes it as far as it'll go, but he, he does that well. Some actors who go big haven't quite got the sort of yes. the, the, the petrol to run the motor, but, but I think Paul Seed's absolutely fantastic. Uh, it's, and, a, it's a shame that we didn't meet his brother, though. Graf's brother, Pie Chart, was off the planet at this point. <laughs> <laughs> thought you were going to say Graf Vinder, A, a B, C, D, yeah. E, F. <laughs> it's, quite a big, it's quite a big family. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm really annoyed I didn't do that. I'd like to apologize for <laughs> that. Uh, but Graf Vinder Jaya is very good. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Toby. Mm. Um, so uh, the Doctor and Romana joke about uh, being called Romana or Fred. Um, like this which... joke? I enjoyed that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What's her yeah. full name? Romana Dvaratra Lunda. Um, yeah. Or Ramona, as she'd be called by stupider elements of the press. Uh, they, can, they, can <laughs> they can fuck off. Have yeah. a go at my bird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> Garen and Graf uh, have a chat about the settlements on the planet Rebos and the primitive peasants who live there. Um, Garen says there's a demand. He's he's going to basically sell the planet to the Graf. But when he's gone, uh, Roddy McDowell and Tab Hunter, sorry, the Graf and Shellac look over the mineralogical report and realise that on this primitive planet is a load of old Jethric, which is so yeah. exciting it makes the Graf shout even louder than his usual delivery, which is very shouty indeed. Uh, it's the most van- valuable mineral in the galaxy and will help the Graf with his military plans. They need the money and they only have, because they're very poor and the only reason they've got gorgeous costumes is because the BBC recently did a production of War and Peace, which is why everyone's far better dressed than they are on Doctor Who planet. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah. Yes, yeah. And Graf's um, going to use the money, isn't he, to sort of hire mercenaries, hire an army. Yeah, because he's his, he's been deposed oh. by his off-screen brother uh, on his off-screen yeah. world. Robert Holmes. Robert Holmes always creates <laughs> worlds beyond the confines of the studio, uh, which yeah. is why it's one of his great and skills. And what's the name of the mercenaries? I don't suppose you happen to know the tip of your tongues. Oh, oh, he does give them a one, good name. Isn't one called, one's called the Schlangi. That's it, the Schlangi. Who, who, I presume are like, who I presume are like the devils in skirts and going on up the Kyber. <laughs> <laughs> the Schlangi. Oh, I don't know. The Schlangi. Because <laughs> in... Uh, in the brain of Morbius, he talks about the gas dirigibles of the Huthai as well. He's, yeah. always, yeah. he's always creating great, uh, great little sort of off-world names. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's he famous. Was... Hmm. Doesn't he do his, his famous uh, double acts as well? He's got his, yes. the Holmesian double acts, which is sort of he just because like, there's a bit of glitz and dibber about these two as well, isn't there? About the two sort of con men. Um, yeah, and uh, Jago and Lightfoot as well, and uh, yes. yeah, sort yes. of lovable yes. rogues yes. batting off each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you what, who is perfectly built for con artists <laughs> so i'm thinking of carnival of monsters as well as another one oh, where it's yeah. a bit like this another robert holmes script another yeah. robert holmes yeah. script. he was very good at going you know what's really fun is if you get somebody from another world to come to a new world and con them that's and fun. the doctor sees through it that's yeah. great and also you get the bit you get that a bit in the uh, what's the episode where you see the magician at the beginning with pertwee uh, that's oh, the, the beginning of planet of the spiders planet yes. of the spiders there's a bit of that and there's you know sleight of hand and everything and because his con in Planet of the Spiders is that he is psychic and he's exactly. pretending not to. And yeah. it's, uh, I love that stuff. That's, uh, yeah, that's really exciting. Basically, um, what I'm saying is, is that Chris, yeah. Chif- Chris Chibnall's better than Robert Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> Email okay. me well, if you disagree. Well, and then, of course, there's um, in Revelation of the Daleks, uh, Davros is conning everyone into joshing down on their, on their parents, which is, yeah. I mean, yeah. a great long con when you think yeah. about it. He also, in Destiny, he wants a stairlift. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, in the Golden Girls, Blanche falls yeah. in love with Davros, but because of a disabled access ramp issue, he never gets into the flat. <laughs> we must move on. Yeah. <laughs> we are ten minutes in. I'm just imagining Seal going up in the stair stairlift, like in Phoenix Nights, going, "Oh, the things I'm going to do." To <laughs> Bless him. <laughs> Good job, my girlfriend's upstairs, isn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's a bit of a humble brag. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Toby, please carry on. Uh, the Doctor and Romana break into the strong room, which is where the crown jewels are. But according to the time vibrator, it is also where the key to time is. Mm. Meanwhile, by the meat hole, 
Unstoff pretends to be Irish in order to get the meathole guard a bit pissed. Now, the meathole guard is a uh, trivia fact here, guys, yeah. uh, played by the possessor of one of the biggest penises ever uh, hidden by trousers in Doctor Who. Uh, as, as, as we know, as is the tradition, now that uh, uh, Michelle Gomez has uh, taken over the role of the master, she yeah. has a big book of penises. And uh, right. uh, and that begon- belonging to John Hamill, who plays uh, this Shreve, would, would be the double-page centre spread because he was... Really? <laughs> One of the early um, sort of life glamour models, and um, put it like this: uh, if uh, if if things were going well, he'd have your eye out. Um, but, uh, on the it's planet- not only the book; it's also the bookmark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's the pop-up. It's the pop-up. Bit the, um, the amount of eye patches they sold in 1978. <laughs> but um, uh, can I say though that his Irish accent it was fine. Who's um, unstops? <laughs> yeah, quite often when you get someone, he has to do three yeah. accents in this. His own. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get to yeah. it later. Somerset and an Irish. And I think he does really well with all of them. Yeah, but that's because he's Pipkins. He's, I mean, it's Nigel Plaskett's a, a, a big different yeah. voice man. And so, also, um, Unstoff slightly disturbs me because he looks like a simultaneously young and old jacket potato. And <laughs> <laughs> just slightly. Don't be me. feeding monsters poison. Thank you, baked potato. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he went on to be in Spitting Image as a puppeteer. Yes, he did indeed. Wow! He was a puppeteer also on Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, yeah, no. and he's still he's still making children's programs today. Bless him! Yeah. I love him. He lives in a puppet. <laughs> and he was also very famous at the time. He got the part because he was famous for a Vic Sinex commercial where he played a character called Malcolm. Oh uh, yes, which yes. was which was huge mm. at the time. Mm. Uh, uh, and uh, but uh, anyway, he's uh, he's given uh, John Hamill Brewer's droop, uh, and uh, <laughs> uh, and he then says he can't see. So we know what John Hamill's been doing with uh, anyway, and, and and he falls unconscious. Uh, and in the strong room, Prentice Hancock is closing the drawbridge, which means that Doctor Who and Romana get stuck under it, just as the <gasps> Shrevenzile, which has a very bloody mouth, awakes, and we get to the end of episode one oh. after Whoa. several hours of this podcast. <laughs> Yeah, we've been going for 40 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Romana is like, her whole thing is just sort of, you know, she's very cool and sassy and belittling the doctor Mm. and all that stuff. Literally her first, um, her first like uh, cliffhanger, she can get out of immediately. And the fact that she's even in it in the first place is slightly annoying. And it's a bit like, oh, I thought Romana was going to be so sassy and cool. I think, I think personally, this is why she left. Because I think she was like, I don't want to do this. Right, yeah, yeah, I yeah. was told that I was going to be doing this, and now yes. you're making me go, oh, Doctor, <laughs> doctor. I'm, I'm stuck. And this, <laughs> I've fallen, a, and I can't a, get up. An overweight lizard's trying to get in. <laughs> yeah. Orson I mean, Welles' is... lizard's trying to get in. <laughs> <laughs> that is true, because uh, a couple of episodes later in Stones of Blood, she does literally fall down a very, very small, like, one-inch screen. Mm. Yeah, she does. yeah, yeah, she does. Go, ah! And, and she like, gets it's, usurped it's by an old lady, so that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, so, uh, <laughs> a, a, into episode two. I'm sorry, okay. I'm just saying, when you go quiet, I'm just going to start to say things. Is that right? It's like we're, we're using Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and Toby's the book. 
<laughs> I love it. I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> yeah. The Doctor and Romana escape yeah. because the guards worry that a blockage to the uh, uh, the room might be the Shreven's Isle and they don't want to hurt it. The captain, who is played by Prentice Hancock, an actor who specialises in roles so grumpy, even his moustache grows into a frown. Mm. Uh, he, calls, he calls the other Shreve adult, which is Ribosian for twat. The other Shreve uh, is played by an actor whose penis I haven't seen, but who, no. but who was Tara Fitzgerald's <laughs> uncle, just in case you're wondering how much useless information I have about actors who played wow. roles so illustrious they don't even have a name and the answer is that much uh, the grumpy captain enters the reddit room and his organ kicks in again and I always wonder with this organ whether because it's it's a great piece of music but you wonder it only happens at times of ceremony so is it incidental music or is there a man with an organ on Rybos that we can't see <laughs> every time something happens in that room goes well, oh I think we better play the organ now well, maybe, I must maybe say... the guy playing the organ is playing it because he's just spotted the wonderful ruse of the Dr. Romana hiding behind two columns of wood that are festooned, <laughs> festooned oh. with holes and you can clearly see them through or, or I mean, they, they, may just said... have, they may as well just hide behind a fucking bee <laughs> just... <laughs> I, uh, okay. Well, it's I mean, a bit, it's a bit jobs for boys on Reboss, isn't it? It's like, well, you, you yes, can do that, you yes. can do that. Yes. I mean, at one point later on, I mean, not to spoil things, but Tom literally sneaks past a guard who is asleep. <laughs> yes, and true. then wakes up as Tom walks past. But we, I won't spoil that. We'll get is that. Wakes him up player... to then say, go back to sleep. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, is the yeah, player yeah. the same as the guy who plays the drums on EastEnders? Like, he sort of, <laughs> oh, yeah, he has to sort of carry them around <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, but the, the sad thing is I, I actually interviewed him once and he said the only organ anyone talks about is John fucking Hamill's. <laughs> uh, so I'm not, I'm not going to be on the DVD. It's the same bloke who does the darts noises on the darts that came out this week. <laughs> what was that? There was a story this week about yeah. how someone said... What, the man in Doctor Who with the big cock does the no, noise no, that no, darts no, no, make? No, no, the man who does the drums board. on EastEnders. There was a story yeah. this week saying that when the darts hit the board on the BBC, yeah. the sound effect you hear is not real. It's put on by a... <gasps> When the dart hits the board, it triggers a sound effect, which is a, a kick drum. What, in oh my God. Not no, in no. the game oh my of God. Darts. This, my sweet, is a double 20. <laughs> that's this, really my sweet, is the longest penis ever seen in Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah, not <laughs> you've just You've just broken the fourth wall. You've just ruined television for me. You'll be telling me next, Jules uh, 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 Holland's annual Hooten, and he isn't live. Uh, <laughs> oh... <laughs> He's got, some, he's got some uh, neck, hasn't he? <laughs> I'd, hate you, I'd hate to tell you, Toby, about This Is Your Life, where literally um, if, um, if a famous, um, let's say, who, whatever celebrity friends are coming on, and if a famous yeah. pal didn't have as great a story as a pal of the celebrity who was not well known, the producers used to literally go, can you swap stories? Yeah, oh. I've, I've, I read Dilly Keane used to have a column yeah. in the stage and she said when that she was on, a lot, apparently. Um, Chris Rea was the final guest and she went, I think I was at school with him, but uh, <laughs> I don't really, but they just went, you'll do, say something, yeah. oh, wow. here's something oh. to say. Yeah. The greatest, uh, this is your life, of course, is when they got Bill Oddie at a train station Love and it. told him to fuck off. He did, yeah. I'm not doing it, I'm not doing it, not doing it, no, always said I wouldn't do it. Well, basically the only time I ever met him, he told me to fuck off too, so <laughs> it, it, it is wonderful. Well, the American equivalent, the lady, or oh, what's her name, Angie Dickinson. Hmm. Yes. She was on the American equivalent of This Is Your Life. They cornered her and went, Angie Dickinson, This Is Your Life. And she went, I'm not doing it. And she walked off and went home. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah. I think Good the worst one might be, have you seen, is it Laurel and Hardy? When they got Laurel and Hardy mm. into a room on the pretense that they were going to make loads more films with them. Yes. And then they're like, they come out and they go, oh, no, we're not going to make films. It's This Is Your Life. And you can uh, see just two oh men. Oh, it's awful because Eamon Andrews That's... threw a snooker cue down on the floor and went, you have to kill each other. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> or we send in the fucking bear. Yeah, Cougar didn't cover that, did he? He <laughs> turns the camera. I just want to watch the world. Burn. Actually, what he did is he <laughs> snapped the sticky cue over his knee. Yeah. <laughs> One of you was walking out of here alive. Rufus Jones Irish. didn't do that in the film, did he? No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Head of his time. Yeah. Toby, sorry. Right. Sorry. That's okay. Uh, so, yeah, the Doctor and Romina hide badly, um, and Garen comes in and pretends to be from the north, but not to the extent of doing a northern accent because it's the BBC in the 1970s and northern accents aren't allowed, uh, even when pretending <laughs> to be from the north. But at least it retroactively canonises the idea that lots of planets have a north. Hey, it meant uh, that we didn't need, to move, didn't need to move TV centre, so it worked. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he persuades the captain to let him guard one million kopecks with the jewellery in an amusing exchange. Explaining the plot is quite tricky because it makes it sound quite dry, but the plot is fun because the characters yeah, are yeah. all fun. Yeah. Um, I got confused at this point because obviously we've seen uh, Malcolm, uh, old Snively Malcolm, yeah. and he's cut a hole in the glass. Yes. Yeah. But we think, I thought he was doing that with like manual stuff, but then because there's no visible hole in the glass later, we assume that that's some kind of clever futuristic way of cutting the glass and replacing yeah. it without anyone noticing. Mm. I got confused. That I was so hung up on that. I was like, "Is that the same room?" Because there's definitely there was definitely a hole in the thing, and I, I lost about a day. So that was uh, mm. that was fun. <laughs> that yeah, was I think the idea the is mm, sorry, he's, sorry, he's sorry. taken the glass out and stuck mm. the Jethric in and replaced the glass. Yeah, right. Um, okay. Yeah. Because I had to watch this twice because there were a few. Yeah, but things... what did he do with the hole? <laughs> well, he, he put it in his pocket. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. he glued it his shut. Pocket. Yeah. Fair enough. He, sh- he shot that bit before they'd cut the hole in the glass and then yeah. <laughs> and then shot the other bit in the afternoon. Tom yeah. poked his head right. in. The dog bit the... Oh, his dog bit his face. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Garen goes to see the Graf and yes. like the Captain and the Shreve, the Graf has a moustache but what he really needs is a beard, a eh, mm. Sholak. The Graf is cross about some <laughs> Robert Holmesian world building but Garen is conning the Captain who thinks he's conning the system but Garen's conning the Graf as well and the Graf thinks that he's conning Garen. Garen persuades the Graf that Rebos is such a backward place that the lack of mining rights won't be a problem and the Graf wants the mining rights because he's uh, heard about the Jethric. To this yeah. end he takes them to the strong room where the con is on but <gasps> instead of Adrian Ness- and Mark Warren, they've and and uh, Jamie, what's her face, being all sexy. They've Robert got Hartley Vaughan. hair, putting on a Somerset accent and uh, or a yokel accent, and spinning a yarn about the Scringe Stone, which is delightful and deliberately silly. Hartley overplays his part, but that's yep, the joke. I've got to know about this because he's basically <laughs> yeah. being rambling Sid Rumpo. And, and I've imagined the three songs he would sing. Oh yeah, if he were rambling Sid Rumpo from uh, Rebos. I've got the Taddle Groper's Dalek. <laughs> my grusset lies a Santarino <laughs> and bind my plumes with sill. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah, because he's Perfectly talking acceptable. about. You'd imagine Kenneth Williams coming on to talk about the Scringe Stone Mine. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed this bit a lot. It made me laugh. It's, it's fun, wonderful. It? Mm. It's and, delightful. And I love the way that he overdoes his part to the to the effect where Scunner Campbell will step on his foot to say, yeah. <laughs> "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> what it is, it's like it's a scene where um, it feels like everyone's doing quite a lot, but they're remarkably restrained for how. Badly, this scene could have been performed if yes. it was in the hands of lesser writers and actors. If this was McCoy, like, good God. <laughs> <laughs> but they could easily be like, oh, my father lived in the mines. And mm. it could have been absolutely toe curling, but it's very, very fun. It would be Jethro. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's why I think this is such a good story, because in it, 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 it skirts, it's brave enough to go, 
uh, have fun with this, but it trusts mm. the production enough not to yeah. ruin it, ruin it, which could easily happen if you had Jack Douglas playing unstopped, you know what I mean? <laughs> or, you know, or whatever. Um, I've got him, my handsome Jethrick. Whoa, 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 hey! <laughs> uh, he's thrown out the window, the prick. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I think that scene, if it was the previous Doctor, if it was Pertwee, it would have been Pertwee mm. somehow doing that scene. Yeah, he would have, he would have been it, dressed so, up. Uh, like, and then obviously go, and fall on them. And when, um, he got, when he got his foot trodden on, he would have gone cross-eyed. That would have been... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He'd have also sung yeah. to the beast that guards all the stones. But we love Pertwee, so it's fine. Put, yeah. put your knob away, John. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. Uh, so uh, then the Doctor and Romana decide to join the story <laughs> by wandering into the... Um, uh, the high security jewel house that everyone seems to walk into. Yeah. Uh, uh, do, do you live in Sher? Asks uh, Garen. No, but I've poked around in Sunny, says the doctor. But Tom Baker is enjoying himself and Romana, and, uh, R- Romana enjoys um, uh, Hartley Hare's honest face, and that's all lovely. Um, we all enjoy yeah. his face, though, don't we? It's a great we face. It's, it's a, a good piece you of want, casting. You want to grab his little cheeks and go, Whoa. lovely. No, he's he says he's got an open face. <laughs> no, I like him. I like. He's him. got an open face, like Peter Davidson or the Predator. I like it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah but he, not he, as reminds, out of he reminds me slightly of Sandy from Monkey as well. Um, <laughs> uh, I think that might be what I'm going for. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. He's got the he reminds cheeks. me a bit of the guy in Indiana Jones who grabs the locket and. <laughs> Ronald Lacey. Oh, yeah. He's got that sort of rubbery, yeah. weird yeah. face. Mm. <laughs> Uh, Garen asks the graph for a deposit and it becomes clear now what Garen's game is. Mm. The deposit is the money that Garen has arranged to stow with the captain. The graph, yeah. however, finds a bug that Garen has placed in the bedroom and suddenly realises that everything he did last night has been eavesdropped upon, which is going to lead to an awkward conversation later with Sholak. Romana... No, listen, you, you've, got admit, you've got to admit, you never want to find a listening device propped up your hot chimney. <laughs> you just don't. You just don't. No, no I mean, idea. It'll be left there by News International. <laughs> <laughs> Did you put this here? No. Kelvin <laughs> McKenzie, I know it wasn't you. Was it you? Uh, Sorry, Toby. And Sorry, Toby. the Doctor and Romana have twigged what's going on, but they, so they decide to, to hang around to actually become actively involved in the story, but um, it doesn't matter because it's so much fun. Uh, mm. The Graf and Shellac discuss the bug and decide that Garen might be a wrong un, uh, but Garen stows their deposits with the captain, then nicks the captain's key, and this is a running theme where everybody steals things off everybody. Yep. Uh, and then he mm-hmm. sends Unstop into the catacombs, catacombs whilst the Doctor hypnotises Tara Fitzgerald's uncle in a way that you only can on TV shows from the late 1970s. It was either that or <laughs> knocking him out by karate chop between the shoulder blades. Now, Pertwee would have gone with the latter, wouldn't he? He'd have done uh, the Venusian. Yeah. Yeah. Venusian. Hi. Now, this Hi. is what I mentioned earlier. He walks past the guard who is asleep. Yeah. And the guard yes. sits up and goes, ah, hang on a minute. You're not supposed to be here. And Tom goes, let me. And he says, show me your permit. And Tom says, I'll show you my permit. And for that moment, I thought, he's, he's going to get his knob out, isn't he? <laughs> but no, it's a pocket watch. And, yes. Um, yeah, goodness. and, 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 and John definitely would have hired him. And oh, he wouldn't have had any time for it, would he? That would have been no. over in two seconds. Yeah. Um, or he would oh, have somehow like, got on a Rose... rudimentary hot, hot air balloon and gone down the corridor yeah. very slowly. Rose tinted spectacles types like myself always say, mm. well, the longer these stories are, it means you've got time for scenes with subtlety and character yes. and development. Mm. Uh, but also they have scenes like this, which are really quite, quite sort of test the patience and the <laughs> and, and actually it's a good job they're not in it as often anymore but yeah. you know uh, yeah. 
you know, who needs the truth when you can get annoyed about the present not being the past? Uh, <laughs> uh, and that was that. Sorry, that sorry, that was just my letter of uh, application to the Daily Mail editorial team. <laughs> uh, unstuff, <laughs> un- unstuff, nicks the deposit and locks the doctor in the relic room. But he escapes and confronts Garen. But the graph is waiting and orders their execution. <gasps> at which point, Tom <gasps> Baker pulls a silly face and realizes he can get away with undermining the cliffhangers these days, which is something he never would have happened uh, under the previous producer. Uh, so, uh, that's the end. That's you, the end of episode really, two. Do you, do you really hate that? Because I kind of love um, Tom in, in this stage in, in yes. Doctor Who where he's. Yes. Because he does another one in the Sunmakers. I know you did the Sunmakers. At at the end of episode one of that, when he gets gassed, he does does a sort of huffy kind of, oh, this is the bloody cliffhanger then. (laughs) I can see what you're doing there, but you are also ruining it. Yeah. Yeah. I know, I know. But there's something so... uh, Only he ever did this, and there's something so fun about... I mean, the beginning of Ep 3 is basically him going, oh, no, don't shoot me. And you go, oh, fair enough. That's a standard you know, get out of episode two thing. But this whole five minute sequence with him and Graf is just the funniest thing in the world. Um, he knows he's in peril and Graf hits him so he just hits him back with the club. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and all the while he's doing it he's smiling and laughing and joking and I know it's a bit sort of oh you're Tom you're poking your head at the fourth wall and grinning a bit too much but I sort of somehow still adore it. Oh, oh, the the doctor being, you know, yeah. great line in City of Death. You know, uh, he's not as stupid as he seems, my dear. Nobody could be as stupid as he seems. Yeah. Uh, is is part of the and he's great and that's great and oh, you look forward to the androids of Tara where that's the the doctor being you know deliberately stupid and making yes. people underestimate mm. him but then tom baker looks at the camera and straight down the ch- producer's soul and goes <laughs> i'm gonna fuck about here i dare oh, you to okay. challenge me mm-hmm. and right. the producer cries himself to sleep and gives up <laughs> i must say right. i prefer that level of tom baker not caring as opposed to like what you have in bits of legopolis where like you know where like um tegan yeah, finds where he out just auntie... doesn't care he just doesn't care <laughs> tegan finds out auntie vanessa's dead and tom baker literally just goes you stand at the back now yeah well he's got there he's going the pub's open in three hours and i'm surrounded by children yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also he's got adric there i mean that must be difficult that must be hard must not it it must be like if you if you were going out with a really nice woman <laughs> and then she said to you, "Here's my really high maintenance disabled son." And then she died. <laughs> You'd be like, "Oh, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus Christ!" Well, you you know you know the story about when uh, when Adric when Matthew Waterhouse first met Tom Baker. Then yeah. John, do you? <laughs> no. Oh, basically, uh, uh, it was in the it was in the BBC bar, and uh, Matthew Waterhouse went up and said. I'm Matthew Waterhouse. I'm going to be playing your new companion. And Tom Baker went, "Oh, piss off!" <laughs> <laughs> and also, his name is like Tom Baker's nemesis because the one thing he doesn't want when he goes into a public house is water. And so it's almost like he's being goaded by the very thing he hates. <laughs> <laughs> he's got French graphic on Evian. It's terrible. <laughs> oh, God. Again, sorry, Toby. Yeah. <laughs> so we've well we've done the bit with the glove hitting which is which is good fun, fun. Uh, uh, and the Jethric is gone and the captain doesn't know what the scringe stone is which is brilliant because Paul Seed's playing it they're all playing it so straight and it's funny uh, Sholak likes the look of the vibrator and imagines it being very useful and he calls the Doctor and Romana and Garen a dirty gang which upsets oh, the Doctor but oh, uh, I love this guy uh, you like the dirty this gang this is beautiful isn't it? <laughs> no, but he just turns to Romana and goes we're not a dirty gang are we? <laughs> It's so lovely. Oh, 
And I think and I think all of that is stuff that you can only have in Doctor Who, which is why I really like it. Even yes. though this isn't a bells and whistles alien adventure invasion no, exciting. Not it's quite all. an odd one for a season opener, I I grant you, but I still love that it exists, even though I don't remember watching it as a kid and I suspect as an, an eight year old I would have probably liked it less than I do as a as a twenty nine yeah, yeah, year old. Yeah, yeah. Like but how a, do you feel uh, about it now? <laughs> <laughs> Um, Garen thinks that the Doctor and Ramana are the police and shows a grudging respect for their professionalism, which is lovely. Uh, the Doctor mm-hmm. calls Canine, but we don't see his journey along the bumpy environs of Rebos because he wouldn't get two fucking feet. Um, well, to, be honest, to be honest, the first shot, he can't really get out the TARDIS. No, no, they cut away. And then mm. Unstoff is rescued by an old geezer who has the ghastly mange. And Tara... Yeah, Tara cool. Fitzgerald's uncle recognises him as the first actor to have played Basil Fawlty on television, the first ever lucky and waiting for Godot, and also as Binro the heretic. Now, can, I, can I just say about Binro, he is very much Andrew Neil after he left GB News. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you another thing, he's a private heretic, a heretic for money. You'll be what you want him to be. You've got to love a bit of Binro. His last ever job job was playing the house elf uh, creature in the Harry Potter films. Yeah, but but obviously, so next week when they look in Binrose Hovel, Eamon Holmes is there. Yes. (laughs) I'm glad you're here. I've come come to assist anyone who wants to invade. but uh, Binro is not the, the worm o- in the labyrinth as well. Is that did I? He is the worm up? in the labyrinth. Yeah, yeah. come inside. Yeah. Yeah. Bateson, yeah. Mm. Love it. He was also he's in Early Grange Hill. Yeah, he's fabulous. Ah, yes. um, he's great. Uh, but he's not the only new character this week because the captain no. has summoned the seeker, Mystic Meg, played by a coke-ridden Katie Hopkins in clown face with a shriek like Tom Neenan's <laughs> laughter. The, the seeker. She's like the she's seeker. like a really primitive Ask Jeeves, isn't she? Yeah. You go, yeah, yeah, I want to know where, where this is, and you'll go. Well, I could do that, but I have to scream before I do it. Okay, go on. <laughs> just like, where's, where's the nearest restaurant for Mexican? Well, I'll just cast the bones and. Uh, left, restaurants left. near you. I'll just throttle a monkey. <laughs> There's one three meters away from you. <laughs> so the seeker is in Doctor Who. Uh, is a psychic in Doctor Who, a program that famously poo-poo's magic, uh, witchcraft, and telekinesis, and so obviously her foresight and psychic powers are. Utterly impeachable and work 100%, but let's never talk about that. Um, meanwhile, the Doctor is having a whale of a time with Garen, who explains how expensive Jethric is. He uses the Jethric to convince greedy people to buy planets off him, uh, and he also explains that the Graf is a dethroned nutcase who has nowhere to live. Mm. Sholak tells the Graf's men they're going to wait until dawn and kill everyone and then bugger off. Uh, and in some clever plotting, the bug that Garen planted is still on the same wavelength as Unstoff, so they can use it to call him. But then there's a scene which would never be in a modern 50-minute self-contained episode, and what, which is totally irrelevant to the plot of the Rebos operation, <laughs> and which the story could survive happily without. It doesn't even have any of the regulars in. In fact, one of the two people in it has thus far only been in one scene, and yet it is one of the most beautiful things ever in Doctor Who. Knackered old Binro tells Unstoff mm. he thinks the lights mm. in the sty are scary. Star, stars oh, and that he's publicly been tortured for blasphemy and Unstoff tells Binro that he was right all along and he vindicates the poor arthritic old man's life yeah. and if you don't cry when he tells him that one day mm. people will tell each other yeah. that Binro was right then you have a heart as cold as a scringe stone and you'll be so <laughs> grumpy and sad for the rest of your life it that you'll be played scene. by Prentice Hancock <laughs> uh, it's a lovely scene played really sensitively it's I love beautiful it. it's, it's, it's just such a shame yeah. that just after that exchange Binro goes <laughs> 
I've got loads of claggers around my ring piece. You won't have a look. <laughs> All right. Did you hear if what I said? Was... No, I didn't hear a fucking word of it. <laughs> if this was a Pertwee Seven parter, then they'd have had room for all of that as well. But it yeah. was, yeah, it's a shame we don't get. Also, it, he would also be run over by a, um, a hovercraft <laughs> oh, and crap. come out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He'd have had a JCB up his arsehole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful scene. It's almost no, like it is, a, it is. it's got the kind of emotionality that you associate more, I guess, maybe erroneously with new, do- you know, sort of post two thousand five Doctor Who. But oh, it's just very tender. <laughs> Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I I adore New Who, but yeah, that is. Yeah. I just thought it's kind of. I don't know. It, it's that moment where it's just very tender, very beautiful. I love that scene. Yeah, and it's just done for. Just like Toby said, it's just done for no other reason than it's yes. there, and it's quite beautiful and tender, and it doesn't bring the plot along. It's just like, no, oh, we've got time to investigate this. Isn't that lovely? Because you just don't get that sort yeah. of stuff anymore. Beautiful, beautiful, really well done. And he's. I mean, a lot of... so well, doesn't he? A lot of this episode is yes. like chatting, isn't it? A lot of it is sort of different bits yeah. of chatting, but it's all very interesting chatting. Well, it's good writing, like, oh, I think. Yeah, about. it's good writing because yeah. you leave when when you quite often in Who sometimes um, you get these little character arcs introduced, and particularly in the later era of the classic era, mm. they don't really give you time to explore what the problem is. Whereas this yeah, one, no. um, with, it's, just, it's just I'm Lord Nasty and I'm the silly man, yeah, and you're like, yeah, with and it's and, and Andrew <laughs> Neil. You feel sorry anywhere for Andrew else. Neil. Yeah. yeah, it's a bit like the art you thing do. to yeah, Oscar Botcherby in um, in the Two Doctors, where it's like, <laughs> oh, I like um, I like the butterflies, and I'm a failed actor, and now I've been murdered, and mm. no one else. <laughs> yeah. it's like, <laughs> just like that. It's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, Toby. Uh, right, K9 zaps Pat Gorman. He's the <laughs> he's the extra playing the guard, and he got paid an extra ten pounds for uttering one line and getting zapped by K9. Nice. Uh, and nice. he rescues the Doctor, Garen, and Romana. Uh, Pat Gorman is also in more episodes of Doctor Who than anybody else. Um, don't Ooh. stop at all the corners. The Doctor tells K9, and the producer sighs. Oh, just let him say that. It's fine. And that's where <laughs> monsters are born. Um, the, se- <laughs> the Seeker sets fire to things and yells, which seems to help, whatever it is she does, mm-hmm. whilst Binro and Unstoff end up in the halls of the dead. Romana thinks oh. the segment they are after is the crown, but the Doctor has worked out that it's the Dreth- Jethric and that that's the first segment of the key to time, which is why, uh, which means that everyone is after the same thing, which is great nice. plotting, and it also explains why the signal moved around when they started looking for the key. The and Seeker realises... R.I.P. Jethric. Uh, uh, it's still the- at this point, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, and the seeker realizes that Unstoff has gone to the catacombs, but no one wants to go there as everyone who is there is dead, except for Binro and Unstoff who here the Shrevens are down there, mm. which leads Binro to reason there's another way out. The Doctor and Co follow. The Tracer leads them in the right direction, but the Graf is following, and they all hide, which gives Garon an opportunity to nearly touch Romana's tits when she lies yeah. on. Can I just say what's that about? Why does she have to lay on top of him? I was going to say is he, he put his arms and... right around her boobies, and immediately the Me Too movement has started. Yeah, yeah. Cuthbertson well, exactly. is lying there thinking, hello. Should I? <laughs> uh, should, should I do this? Uh, and please, Are you sure? And he goes, well, just a reminder that this will be available on BritBox, where it will be situated next to the professionals. So actually, it'll probably look, I'll probably be able to get away with it. <laughs> did, you notice, did you notice a bit of a, a continuity error at the end of this episode, by the way? Oh. Uh, well, they... They, it's, there's, they, they cheat the cliffhanger by when it comes back next week, the doctor whistles for, for, for K9. Oh, before. no, it's not that. I don't know if you noticed. Hmm. But when they all lay down in that little crevice, yeah. when it cuts back to them a minute later, Ian Cuthbertson's raised, raised them by five inches. Yeah. <laughs> 
I am a pathetic man. I can hear the joy in your voice. Not as pathetic as me thinking you were making a serious point and going, I think you'll find. I think you'll find I've never done that in my life. I genuinely genuinely don't really remember how episode three ends. To me, it just uh, just ends with Gruff going, end this episode! (laughs) Yeah, that's basically what happens. It's exactly as Toby says. He ends in this perilous thing and then the the next episode goes, ah, but did you notice the doctor put his whistle in his mouth? No, because you didn't show that. Did, uh, well, what it ends with is him dropping a skull and going, yeah. and like, doesn't okay. he also grab the boob of a skeleton as well? It's a proper yeah. like, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a classy thing. It's heavily boob based. It really is. Three, for, for, end, isn't it? I mean, for an episode that has one, for a story that has two women in it, it's very, it's very booby, <laughs> isn't it? It's very strange. <laughs> Hang on, who's now, the other I'm woman? Go- Am I missing something? The Seeker. The Seeker. Of course. Sorry, I yeah. forgot. I'm such a misogynist. I forgot about her. Well, well she, no, I mean, it's it's because John, you're unconsciously uh, acknowledging that it was originally conceived as a male character in the exactly. late in production. Yeah. We assume uh, that the seeker know, identifies as female. That is also, you know, we don't know. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Just drive that. To I don't want to assume her gender. Exactly. Yeah. Her agenda now, um, is to. We're, yeah. we're, we're about to go to episode four. This is the first time this has ever happened when um, I do a wheezing groaning. Um, Britbox wouldn't play it. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> do you not know what happens? <laughs> No, I was not worried because Paul, they all sorry, die. Toby, carry on. <laughs> Everyone oh. dies. <laughs> oh, Paul! Oh no! Uh, but well, I, 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 no, I sort of but know presumably, what happened. Well, I watched I it twice, so I Presumab- feel like I've watched it for you. Presumably, yeah. Paul, you're doing a Doctor Who podcast, which means you've got it on VHS and DVD already. <laughs> um, well, I've got the entire um, script tattooed um, on my <laughs> anus. So um, <laughs> I just have to sort of put my leg over a mirror, and it's quite hard reading it we backwards. Do, but, we um, do call oh, Paul Humento. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I tried about six times, and Britbox went, "Sorry, we don't really want you to watch it." And I went, oh. Oh, "All right then." So no, I just no, had no. to, I just had to read some notes and go onto Wikipedia. But okay, I, I kind of well, know. Yeah, well, but it's Wikipedia fine. basically well, nails it. So don't worry. Well, very much yeah. for Paul's benefit then. Uh, yeah. So at the beginning of episode four, they all take their clothes off. And, <laughs> and the doctor says, oh, and, and Romana, Romana skis with Garen and the doctor. Uh, so the doctor's dog whistle, uh, which is set up in the very first scene of episode one, uh, alerts the Shrivenzal, which ambles along the catacombs in a deadly fashion, enough to make the Graf and Sherlock scarper and remember horrendous old campaigns whilst something involving the Shrivenzal happens off screen. I did um, enjoy Doctor's dog whistle where he wrote a column for the Daily Mail. <laughs> Talking a lot about urban voters It was very suspect, yeah Yeah, it was awful <laughs> Oh Christ, sorry, now my doorbell's gone Hang on, hang on, you, carry on <laughs> Because I don't, I, I don't know what happened so Can I just on, say, if this, is a, yeah. if this is a Norris McWhirter's brother situation At least we're recording it <laughs> Hang on, hang on Keep, keep going, keep going, honestly If you, you hear, okay. if you hear That's us for the IRA <laughs> Then we've got it on tape Oh God! I mean, I'm terrified I, I, now. I knew the postage had gone to shit, but that's that's an awfully long time for them to take. To, uh, well, Norris McWhorter sadly had the sad thing to turn up at his brother's dead doorstep and say, "Well, this is the first IRA victim on British soil shot at his doorstep." So, well done, my brother. <laughs> I've no memory. I've no knowledge of this other than okay, back engineering Tom, off of the Tom, gags that you're Norris making. Norris McWhorter's brother was 
assassinated twin brother. by twin brother. Twin brother. No less. What was he? Was his name Morris? Ross. 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 Thank you. Ross. He was a not Morris and Norris. <laughs> <laughs> That's me thinking something else. He might he, have felt he, it. He might have been aware. He might have been like you know you're the tosser pal on the Clay yeah. <laughs> um, Ross was murdered on his doorstep by the IRA. Oh no. Yeah. I don't remember that episode of Friends. And that was because the IRA had done... The one where Ross gets murdered No, the IRA had done a tap dance routine at BBC TV Centre and it didn't get in the book, so they they shot Ross. I have a question. Um, uh, Toby, did you collect the the Key to Time VHSs? Well, I was a poor student at the time, so I actually Ah. borrowed them off a friend of mine um, and then DVDs came out and he said he didn't want them back. So oh, I did okay. have them, but I didn't buy them. Um, yeah, I borrowed them off Tylos from Full Circle, but we won't get into oh. that. Oh. <laughs> That's nice. Because um, the official VHSs, the spines all made a picture. They did. Um, and they That's inexplicably exciting. just had little square. Yeah, but it was a picture squares. saying Blake, Blake Seven coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. It was a picture of John Nathan Turner. Yeah, <laughs> how did they know? In a Hawaiian um, shirt, pointing at the VHSs. <laughs> bending over a teasmate, showing us his key to time. <laughs> but I'm, I'm sorry I had to answer the door earlier, by the way. So who was it? Who was no. it? Was well, it no, Ross McWherter? Uh, no, see, earlier I asked Bob Balaban to bolt up the Brecon Beacons and grab me a bag of broken biscuits, but uh, <laughs> it just didn't happen. Um, in fact, it was, it was, it was bloody Brenda Blethyn who bolted up the Baltimore to base a bit of bendy bacon, so, you know. No, it, was, it, was, it was a guy delivering me four metric tons of cat litter. Okay, 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 well. sad, the what? sad thing about this is that yeah. um, um, uh, Paul's, Paul's tall tales, yeah. uh, uh, my life is actually those, just without the, litter, the alliteration, <laughs> with slight, slightly less famous people. So <laughs> he gets Bob Balapan's broken biscuits and I mm. borrow the key to time off Tylos off a full circle. <laughs> <laughs> They both have their merits. They both yeah. have their merits. Anyway, our catchphrase for this episode. <clears throat> anyway, sorry, Toby, Toby, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, Shellac suggests throwing the Seeker's keys into the navigational hat, so they head Ooh. back for her. Um, Binro and Unstoff chaffed about space travel, while the Doctor decides to add to the lying on top of each other joke by lying on top of Romana, who mm. is lying on top of Garen, mm. and they bicker and do some comedy uh, that Tom Baker doubtless insisted upon uh, after a trip to the pub. Uh, the projection is now <laughs> crying. Uh, the Doctor mm. suggests that they split up, uh, and he's followed by the graph whilst the others look for Unstoff. Unstoff is mm. maudlin, thinking it's probably his last job with Garen. He muses that Garen just wants to get back to Hackney Wick, which I think is funny. Binro yes. <laughs> to go back to the city and Unstoff asks him why he's risking his life for him and Binro gives a lovely speech about being jeered at for being a blasphemer to the extent that he even doubted himself and that Aww. discovering he was right is worth a life and I'm crying again Unstoff gives him his communicator which turns out to be a really bad idea uh, the Graf yells at the captain who is grumpy and gets even more grumpy when the Graf kills one of the captain's men he's dead says the captain in a manner both over the top and wooden at exactly the same time with a piece of thespian gymnastics that only Prentice Hancock can achieve. Mm. Uh, Romana and K9 realise that Garen has buggered off to see a man about a dog, he tells K9 off screen. He's Nick the Tracer too, and Romana gets wound up by K9 in a nice reversal of her dynamic with the Doctor. Um, uh, And then the Doctor's disguised himself as one of the Graf's men and accompanies them into the caves, and Garen finds Unstoff and, more importantly, the Jethric. 
The Seeker tells the Graf that all but one of them is doomed to die, a prophecy that actually comes true, and so, so it turns out is a prophecy, uh, which should be believable in the Doctor universe, but let's not talk about that now or ever. Uh, <laughs> I liked it when the, 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 one of Graf's fans stabs him in the back while he's waiting to go on. <laughs> Sorry, that was a terrible Steffi Graf joke. So <laughs> I was Fucking I was hell. I was trying to work that out. My yeah, hogs were whirring. I think I was like five steps ahead of everybody. Yeah. <laughs> All those steps were one step out of context. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one step further away from it. Yeah. And I'm leaving this in. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> It'll uh, make one person laugh, and that's all I care about. You're very much the, you're doing taking the Tom Baker role of this podcast. <laughs> I am. I yeah. am. That joke very much bit me on the lip. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you Sorry, Toby. Yeah. Um, Unstoff tell, tells Garanoff for stealing the tracer. I admit I had a struggle with my conscience. Fortunately, I won. Says Garen in a fabulous line. That's very good. Uh, the Graf and Co. find Binro and take him along with them, and the captain has other ideas and trains a cannon on the catacombs. He's decided to blow them up, and this makes him can happy. I, can I just say, uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry to interrupt you again, Toby. No, it's good. Can I just say again, you're doing a wonderful job. <laughs> when I light the cannon, did you think of Donald and Davy Stott doing explosions? Because <laughs> the fuse very much goes... I, uh... And I wanted it to go... <laughs> but I got my glasses cannon. and went um, so Doctor Who does have an official canon and oh, then I felt oh, very pleased with oh, myself and, and oh. Hartnell's corpse shot out and everyone went <laughs> that's not the first Doctor <laughs> and Chibnall climbed out of his mouth and waggled his knob and went what are you going to do about it I've got the fucking job bitches <laughs> sorry carry on <laughs> and, 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 so, sadly uh, but I'll, I'll just I'll just set them up. I'll just set them up, and you throw them in, boys. Um, yeah, Binro is too much wine. Binro is, Binro is. Sorry, Paul. Binro is killed. Yeah. Oh no. Garen is not so. Gar- Garen is given an ill-advisedly glib line, which annoys me. Sorry, Unstop can I say something else at this point? Um, Toby, yeah. sorry, no, no. I'm sorry. But Binro very much fulfills that part that is in Doctor Who forever in the 70s and 80s of old man who helps someone and then he's ultimately sacrifices his own life to help yes yes we've we've had a few of those there's so many of them um um, uh, although you know in those days they sort of you know it's even though you know it's going to happen it's very sad whereas of course there was there was one in uh played by ian mckelhenny recently who's basically his first line was i'm really old and it doesn't matter if i die (laughs) what a surprise he's the one that sacrifices himself at the end uh um, but again keeping uh, with the protocol he's very much andrew neil resigning from gb news (laughs) Well, no, because what he would have done is he'd have got wounded and gone, I'm, I'm, not, actu- I'm not actually dead. Yeah. And then they'd have just done a press release seven days later to go, Binro is actually dead. Yeah. <laughs> what they should have done is at the end, older Malcolm, uh, he should have gone, just as, as Binro was dying, gone, psych, all of those things aren't suns in the sky. You're an idiot and no one believed you. <laughs> and then, Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, and then just yeah. left him. Oh, that could have been reverse psychology. He could have gone, why, yeah, yada, and, and would have survived. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or he could, could have, have made him live. And if Unstuff had had a bit of mm. nous about him, he could have psychologized him back to life. I mean, it but would have been easy do with you these mind, people. Uh, I, I, do you mind, boys, if I just do some basic admin while you... <laughs> 
So <laughs> it's uh, one. Well, I came in um, in a bit of a rush, and I dropped a paperweight into some tzatziki, and. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's everywhere. So anyway, sorry, Toby. I haven't seen the fourth episode. So yeah, now you yes. told me that Binro's gone. I'm, I'm quite bereft. Uh, we're near yeah. the end. We're near the well, end. Well, everyone's a bit bereft, and, and Garen mocks the graph and tells him that the Doctor is an agent, uh, which makes mm. me forgive everyone for Garen's behaviour at Binro's death because Ian Cuthbertson is brilliant mm. with both Garen being both funny and real at exactly the same time in his yes. climactic confrontation between the two guest nemeses, which makes up for the fact that all the stuff with the Shrevenzile has to happen off screen because the technicians went on strike and the giant <laughs> giant Shrivenzar that was planned to kill all the Graf's men uh, is, is in fact a small Shrivenzar that wobbles into view and everything else happens off screen for uh, fuck's sake a chickpea's well, just gone into my apple chunk oh, <laughs> The no, way you're sorry, blaming, sorry. blaming us for the fact you haven't watched the last act yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Toby. hey Come don't on. blame me blame Britbox you're like a Brexiteer at customs mm. kick it off Tony, Tony <laughs> B liar <laughs> you were stuck watching every episode of series two a spitting image instead and you had to you were looking out for him he as watched a the christmas special that's why he's yeah. so depressed yeah. uh, well i've got more sad news for you uh, oh. uh, paul because oh, sherlock's, no, sherlock's guts are flattened in the fall and yeah. the graph is very sad indeed sadder than you would be at the death of a fellow soldier but exactly the right kind of sad for someone who's just lost the love of their life he vows oh. revenge and then kisses Shellac's corpse because that's the only kink they Ooh. haven't tried yet. Uh, <laughs> he has now gone properly mad, but Garen and Unstoff have got away and rescued from the Rockfall by Romana. Enjoyed this oh. performance. As I said earlier, enjoyed this bit very much when he shouts uh, and basically like, you know, let, oh. the, let slip the dogs of war type moment. And I this really enjoyed really it. Nice. Oh, this is brilliant. Because oh. in order to improve his odds of survival, he kills the Seeker. Um, so that because all but one of us is doomed to die and he's got one soldier left which is actually the doctor in disguise Mm. and he gives that soldier a bomb uh, but the doctor switches the bomb and the graph wanders off with the sound of past battles ringing in his head as he marches insanely to his death in a fabulously committed sequence of proper madness that then brilliantly ends in a kind of a joke as he rounds the corner and Mm. explodes (laughs) uh, which which is both sort of convincing and funny at the same time I'd like to see the Mac cartoon on that <laughs> Shalak was great. He had a diagonal face, and he looked like a shattered tanker on a bridal path. I <laughs> no, I loved him. Does that make the doctor like slightly complicit in the murder of someone, even, even though yeah. it's not? Because oh, it's beautifully yes. played. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's something uh, to be said about him sort of knowingly going, "Here's a bomb that's about to explode," and giving it to someone. And in the original script, the Graf was supposed to actually take uh, the, the 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 soldier who he thought was dead's belt himself. Uh, and be responsible for his own death, and they they added the switcheroo late on. So uh, it's a very Doctor Who one. thing, though. Let's be honest; he's he's done this a lot of times in the in the you know in the process of making everything all right for ev- us people. Watching and he didn't it. have much <laughs> choice, really. No, yeah, that's true. I mean, he was either going to get blown or, up, or yeah. I guess that was yeah. It wasn't like a, a cold-blooded thing. It was either him or you know, it was either him or me yeah. kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, How and it was a, get he, he lit the blue touch paper and stood well back. <laughs> Um, and this is this is not the last switcheroo as the Doctor and Garen try no. to outfox each other regarding yes. the Jethric. The Doctor yeah. naturally wins. Is there nobody you can trust these days, laments Garen. And then the Doctor and Romana transform the Jethric into segment one of the key to time. Yes. With only five more to go. Let's hope that this is a well thought through story arc and not some <laughs> random jeopardy that'll be all too hastily resolved in six months' time. <laughs> that ends. Ladies and gentlemen, Toby Hoki. <laughs> Oh, Toby, thank you so much. And of course, this show has been sponsored by... Sorry, Toby. 
<laughs> well, no, I'm sorry. I probably went on a bit. So no, no, not perfect. You're perfect. Um, we we gonna do uh do we do scores then correspondence? I always forget. We do scores and correspondence. You you we, we need to score in a hundred of something. Yes, Toby, Toby, what yeah. would you like to Toby, score? Scringe stones. Of course. Yay, of course. So Toby, you did all the readings. You go first. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I do think this is a wonderful story. I, under- I, I, I didn't think much of it when I, was, when I was younger, when I first saw it, but as, as I've got older, I've appreciated it more, and it's one I can watch again and again. And even though if all Doctor Who was like this, I, I don't think Doctor Who would be the exciting programme that it is, but because it's such a broad mosaic, it can exist within that world, and it's got the sort of characters that really flourish in Doctor Who, played by the sort of actors that bring Doctor Who such value. So yeah. I'm not going to give it 100%, because who wants everything? I'll mm. take 90%. I'll settle for 90%. Wow. As Garen wow. says, I will give it I will give it 90 scringe stones, because I, wow. I think it's charming and fun and very, very well acted and written. Wow, Lovely. okay. Well, Tom, you did the intro, so you go next. Okay, uh, I concur with everything that Toby has said. I think that this is, it's a its a caper, it's a heist, it's a, a bit of a farce. There's a lot of hiding behind things and mm. there's a lot of doors opening and shutting and people hiding and stuff. And I just, it's lots and lots of fun. Um, like you say, I think that uh, Tom Baker is is sort of let off the leash a bit, but he's still, but, you know, it feels like they're still telling the story and he's not sort of you know he's not gone completely uh, mad mary tam's brilliant the, the whole guest cast are amazing i'm gonna i'm gonna go well i'm gonna go 92 92 screen wow okay uh Paul. bloody hell well i only saw um, three episodes, <laughs> um but i love them um yeah um i with me the script is like cracking and the plot is a little lacking that's all i'm going to say it's mm. just, it just needs to maybe go a bit it just needs to go somewhere a bit more but i'll forgive it so much because the characters are so well-rounded they got some beautiful moments i think all the actors are really good in this yeah. i'm not you know it's the first time ever i'm going oh god every one of them is just bang on you know mm. bang on cue doing it really well Mary Tam is absolutely brilliant, holds her own and goes, this is who I am now. And you go, yeah, I'm with you all the way. Mm-hmm. Like like Tom just said, um, uh, Tom Baker is sparkling, but not going too off pissed, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he does, it, it to me, when Tom's a bit naughty, it just makes me go, this is why I think he's the best Doctor Who in the world ever. <laughs> there's something about being being literally arsened into adversity and just smiling about it. It's yeah, something yeah. only Tom can do. Um, I thought it was, I, I'm not going to give it nowhere near as high a score because also I missed 25% of it. Because I missed 20%. <laughs> no, I know, I know. It's Britbox's fault. Um, so because of that, I'm going to be. I'll just say I missed twenty five percent of it, so I'll give it seventy five percent. Seventy five okay. screen stones. Nice. Okay, it was well, good fun. Such good fun. Yeah, I re- I will echo everything everybody's just said. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. I watched it twice because, and this is where it falls down for me. The plot is a bit iffy. Right. Uh, you know, we often say. Oh God! If you were going to show someone what Who is all about, show them this. Yeah, this would be an episode where I'd be like, "Oh, I won't show them this because it's a bit higgledy piggledy." But if you wanted to show somebody about Tom Baker's Doctor Who, yeah, the bit where Ian Cuthbertson is explaining something, and the Doctor and Romana are standing behind the jewel casing glass box. Oh yes, yeah. Tom, because he's Tom, instinctively presses his nose against the glass <laughs> yes. and squishes his nose. Yeah. And then you're like, well, his doctor's a clown, and that's mm. funny. And so I'm going to say I'm going to give it a seventy because nice. I didn't hate it and mm-hmm. I didn't adore it. It's not up there with like City of Death or anything, but it's just 
a serviceable Tom Baker who, which to be honest is better than most who's. So I'm, yes. I'm going to go 70. So that means it's 327 screen stones for the reboss operation. Oh. That's not bad. Not That's bad not at bad. all. I mean, it's over 300. Have, we're going to have to have a different league table for this series because we're going to have, just in case you haven't realised yet, we're going to have mm-hmm. an extra guest for each episode. Yes. Yeah, for, yeah. Us, uh, for our... Um, you know, uh, yes, and time. I, yeah. I, I feel on the on the few occasions I'm I'm mentioned uh, in the wheezing groaning sound, mm. you you seem to think I object to swearing and uh, don't <laughs> like anything uh, oh. rude about Doctor. Oh, you could have heard me. Oh, I could have torn the Armageddon factor a new arsehole. But <laughs> you, you gave me the reboss operation, which is one I liked. But I I'd just mm. like to say for the record, I can be as I can I can be as cross about Doctor Who as the next man. Toby, Amen. listen, I know I've been outside your house and uh, anyone that actually has a 200-foot neon sign with <laughs> on it is... is I mean, also, right. I heard your reaction wow. when Paul stole your lawnmower. You were livid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, in- let's <laughs> indulge. Seeing as we're outside of the, the realms of, um, uh, of of being positive and mm. uh, and things, I'm going to ask, if you had to bin, you had to ex- exorcise from existence one Doctor Who story, mm. uh, which one would you which one would you just bin immediately? No, hang on, we, let's just let's sh- just change we it. Just which one of McCoy's from, would you bin? Should we just choose? Are we just going to choose from the original series so then I don't get political? Yeah, 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 yeah. Classic, classic coup. Well, this is going to be controversial. It's a story that I thought was going to be amazing, and the way that it was told to me when I was a time totted and gleaned it from the pictures, I thought it would be a surrealist nightmare of the sort that only Doctor Who could do. And then I listened to the Celestial Toy Maker, and it's basically <laughs> a pair of idiots playing parlor games, and every yeah. episode forgetting that they're deadly. So uh, <laughs> it, it, it was like, we've got a deadly version of Snakes and Ladders, and Dodo goes, "Ooh, Stephen, this will be fun." And Stephen goes, "No, Dodo, remember they might be deadly games." And then next week it's I'll pin the tail on the donkey. Oh, Stephen, this no, it might be a deadly donkey, uh, Dodo. <laughs> and now we're going to play Cluedo. What could possibly go wrong here? Uh, nothing bad happens in a game of Cluedo. And it's and it's and 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 you and, and it's oh, it's Michael Goff playing this weird eternal creature who basically sits in a room while William Hartnell's on holiday and talks to someone <laughs> that isn't there. It's fucking awful. Um, so but the, the Celestial Toy Squid Maker game is very good. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I, I Toby, had a really good time. I need to ask you about this, Toby. Seeing that you're mildly closer to it than the three of us, what was it with giving Hartnell holiday? <laughs> oh yes, I, I listened to. I was this because you, you do you did the time meddler, didn't yeah, you, the other day? Yeah, and he went on holiday halfway through. <laughs> he, he, did, he, he well, he he. Well, I mean, because they did forty-eight weeks of the year, so uh, they had to go on holiday occasionally. But also, sometimes Hartnell is um, uh, poorly. Mm. Um, mm. Uh, but no, but it's largely it's because. Um, they're working quite a lot, and so it's written into the scripts. Because Jamie goes uh, on holiday in um, the time. The, what was the, episode? In the mind pox. robber. The mind in the mind robber, pox. he doesn't. He gets chicken pox. Oh, that's uh, right. That's right. He, he yeah. does go on holiday halfway through Enemy of the World, though. Him, him and Thank uh, you. Victoria yes, go yes, on holiday do. together. But yeah. again, that's because they're having. Um, Tra- Troughton does pretty well. He doesn't go on holiday till episode four of Evil of the Daleks, but he pre films some scenes in that. So he's still. Yeah, he doesn't go on holiday. Um, Takes a lady to a clinic. Well, yeah, he's just. <laughs> well, I think it's just because he, he doesn't go on holiday because he never leaves London because there are too many way stations God. there. So, uh, <laughs> so, so it's just like, are you, are you near BBC Centre? But probably. Uh, and, and the woman I'm with is probably going in. Uh, I'll get I've, a lift I've with watched her. a few things lately with this. I think there's a new phenomena popping up. There's yeah. Too many Troutons. <laughs> I rewatched Chernobyl the other day. Yeah. There's a, there's a Trouton in that. 
I walked past the Trout the other day over the Did one you? who's in Harry Potter. His, uh, I was his just going to say I watched. I took my kids to see Philosopher's Stone because it's the 20th anniversary last year. Yeah, there's a there's Trout in there. <laughs> <laughs> There too are a lot of Troutons. Too many Troutons. I bet there's loads out there that don't know they're Troutons. <laughs> yeah, there's a f- probably a few we don't know about, eh? Yeah. 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 I don't mind admitting that I've got a bit of Trouton all over me Oxford Concise. Don't dust it off. Yeah. Uh, correspondence. Yay! <laughs> uh, Bobby Peru says, Enjoyable enough story, helped by some nice set design left over from the BBC's adaptation of Anna Karenia. Yeah. Trivia. Yes. Oh, we we've done this. Sorry, Bobby, but we did this. I I don't read correspondence before we do it. By the way, just so okay. You know. Tom Baker was bitten on the upper lip by a dog owned by the bloke who played Graf during the filming, so we knew that already. Yeah. Becky says this is a story I can put on any time and be instantly cheered up. Everything oh. is absolutely lovely, and I don't even mind those daft monsters. One of my favourite things about this story is that the seeker's magic works, and we get no explanation. Also, mm. Ramona's coat rocks. I mean, there is obviously, um, uh, dare I mention it, but like New Doctor Who, they do have a bit more psychic stuff in that, don't they? So there's like <clears throat> the lady who predicts he will knock three times is sort of is, is touched oh, with yeah. psychic energy and yeah, things. Yeah. And I, But then they sort of square that with being that that's something to do with her also traveling through time or something. I don't know. But I, I, I think that I think there's always room for psychic stuff in Doctor Who. I mm. just pretend it, it's just a me thing. I pretend it doesn't happen. I, I prefer <laughs> it if they say we've infracted the circular time cones. And I go, that's acceptable than if they go, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. I've consulted yeah. with the yeah. bowels of Anubis. To me, it just somehow it works better if there is circuitry involved. But that's a that's just a personal bias on my part. But if anyone from the BBC is listening, Toby Hidoki is a very big fan of Doctor Who and is available for all of your documentaries and recordings. Indeed. <laughs> Off air, I'm going to ask you when the next Blu-ray is coming out. Which yeah, is we're all going to do that. Shut yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can't, t- Tom. You can't do that because I get complaints from people saying you said that and then you didn't tell us. We're oh, not, no. not going to tell you because the next, the, the next Blu-ray, I can tell you, the next Blu-ray is coming out in the future. Whoa. Oh, 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 I love, I love <laughs> the specificity. Anyway, Andrew F says, yes. like most of season 16, I think this one is very underrated. Yeah. Despite coming from the much-loved Robert Holmes, the Graf of Vindra K is one of my favourite Doctor Who, Tom Baker-era villains. Mm. Ridiculous though he is, with one of the funniest death scenes in the series. I agree. I think he's mm-hmm. a great villain. But yes. it's deliberately that's funny, right isn't it? That's, that's played for a, a gag, a laugh, rather than being sort mm. of a bit like, you know, like um, in Megloss when, um, when poor Jacqueline Hill died. That is funny, but not meant to be. That is just like, yeah, oh, yeah, you yeah, ran yeah. out of yeah. things to do with this character and now she's just fallen over. I think it's, it's, it must be a problem when you're a writer, when you write, uh, and, and an actor as well, when you write a villain who's that bombastic and fun, mm. I mean, t- moustache-twirling business, how the fuck are you going to kill that person off and make it as satisfying as their general performance? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this works. I think yeah, they, they but, I, I but also you've got to you've got to trust that they'll get an actor that won't f- fuck it up. Yes. And <laughs> they, they you can't they all be Graham Crowden. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean that. I think he's great. Yeah, he's he is. He's fab. Um, Jonathan Roberts says they were they were very smart with Mary Tam's costume. Mm. It's 1978, and she turns up looking incredibly similar. The Princess Leia at the end of Star Wars. Ah. She brings such a fresh dynamic and works well with Tom. On screen at least. Hopefully this isn't a cue for tales of Tom-sized tantrums. 
think we've Toby. avoided that. No, no, because <laughs> uh, no, Louise, Louise Jameson and Mary Tam had been at drama school together, so Louise warned um, Mary that Tom could be tricky, which he had been with ah. Louise. Um, and, and Tom... And Tom, I've noted, does this. He, he sort of, he tested her by being a bit difficult and she stood up to him. And uh, thereafter, they had a great time. And actually, Tom and Mary had a, a great relationship. And if you listen to any of their, their DVD commentaries, he obviously finds her bewitching and very, very funny. And I, think, and I think they had a really good working relationship. Also, the um, bloopers that you often see from this time yes. is him and Mary Tam, isn't it? And yeah. They're, yeah. A good they're time really together. fun. Yeah. Yeah. Also, he, he, th- he looks there and he thinks... I definitely knob you if you look like Lala Ward. <laughs> <laughs> so good for him. Yes. Um, Dave just Dave says there's very little to moan about with this one. Just the Sharinzale. Sharinzale. Thank you, Toby. Looking yeah. a bit daft. Everyone is brilliant in it, and Mary Tam is just stunningly beautiful. Mm. Sorry that's not very funny, but Binro does look like a Yeti scrotum. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, ben Thomas says the night before the last day of filming Tom Baker was left with a badly savage lift lip after a trip down to the pub involving a dog treat we've done this the resulting injury <laughs> had to be masked with a plaster makeup and gin um, <laughs> re- uh, real Mark Hevingham says fabulous start to an underwhelming season such huge performances almost match Tom and very Mary Tam instantly fits in then Oh, sorry, instantly fits in, then spends the following 22 episodes with nothing to do. Oh. One of Tom's last classics, the season, this, uh, sorry, the season, the lack of budget and rot started to really set in. Ooh. No. Tara, I've been messing good stuff after this. Yeah, yeah. Lots of good stuff. Tons well, we stuff. did one of them. I mean, I'll let you be on the veil, everybody. We did Stones of Time. Stones of Blood. blood. Stones of Blood, big above. <laughs> and that got lost to time. It yeah. did. Uh, so we'll come back to that because um, it is my favourite of the. I enjoyed time. that one. I enjoyed yeah. that one. Uh, Color Horizon Review says Binro the Heretic mm. may have had more success if he had had a shower, had a shave, <laughs> and looked less like Compo's ball bag. <laughs> ball bag theme emerging in the comments. There it is. Uh, Jamie so Bredig ninety two says mm. I love this set of episodes. The Colonel sends the Doctor off to find his 11 secret herbs and spices. <laughs> Garen and Mustafa <laughs> need a big finish series and we see how Count Binface started off as a guard of the Graf Vindicay. Mm-hmm. 85 lumps of Jethric, Shirinsvales, Shin, uh, regional accents out of 100. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, should, you shouldn't type these things because I'm going to read them when I've had a bottle of wine. <laughs> um, I mean, usually we do them in the daytime, but these ones are uh, John, amazing, grossing nights. John, John, this is a walk in the park for you. I'm trying mm. to get some oregano out of a dongle. <laughs> uh, Nick H says, always disliked this as a kid, as I thought oh. it was boring. But as an adult, mm. I can ah. confirm I was right. No. Oh, oh you little shit. Oh, they fuck all you, Nick. Switch. <laughs> You're a prick tease. Uh, Bill for Vendetta <laughs> says, Bob Holmes. Writing double acts mm. is on of uh, sorry he's put on <laughs> he means one, <laughs> one is of. one of whose greatest joys a mm. witty high stroke con job script that sets up the key to time story nicely excuse me now I found a huge scringe stone. <laughs> mm. Klaus Johnson says, one of the very best. Robert Holmes was just hitting them out of the park by this point. Yeah. Best character, of course, is Binro the Heretic, and his Galileo moment was unstoffy. What? <laughs> I'm, <stopping. laughs> I'm not sure. 
Well, there you go. Is that all uh, of the correspondence? No, no, one more, oh, no. one more, one more. <laughs> okay, okay. Barnaby Sultan. Hello, yeah. Barnaby. He Hello. says, I trust you're all doing the key to time. What with it being the best season and all? If not, prepare yourselves for a world of pain. <gasps> we are. Oh. We're going to do all of the key to time. Because um, it's, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And it's, uh, it's uh, like we say, it's an umbrella thing. It's going to be, it's going to be a journey. How um, exciting. Uh, yeah. Especially as in the in uh, you know in the fallout from all this, uh, Robert Holmes about to get to the power of Kroll. So I'll be very interested to see. What <laughs> I'm very keen <laughs> to establish. I'm very keen to explore uh, Robert's brother Barrett's um, <laughs> storylines. <laughs> Do you know what I'm very keen for, John? Mm. I'm very keen for when you all do uh, the Seeds of Doom, and you realise mm. that uh, Crinoid Podcast should be pronounced Crinoid Podcast. Uh. But we'll get to that. Uh, we'll oh. get to that in the, in the future of wheezing, groaning sound. I mean, but uh, and, and, and apologies. I said War and Peace, didn't I? It's Anna Karenina. So uh, I'll oh, apologise yeah. for that. But as a bonus, I'll throw in the fact that Timothy Bateson removed his false teeth in order to play Binro the heretic oh. and make him look oh, more realistic. Well, I would. Ap- I would fun. say, in our defence, we we mm. were the only Doctor Who podcast in existence. That's true. <laughs> so that's true. How are we supposed to remember what all the other true. pricks? And in Binro's defence, you don't know where he put his false teeth after you took him on his mouth. <laughs> yeah. I, think so. they're, I think they're around that man's knob. <laughs> oh, Jonathan! Oh. What? I think it's your full name, Jonathan! <laughs> it's not my full name. To, I've explained um... this to you many times. Oh, sorry, John, <laughs> my name John, is John. Jonathan. Jonathan. No, Jonathan is J O N. John is J O H. Am I the only person who's sober right now? Yes. I am sober. I'm quite sober. I, I thought you were just getting tired. but <laughs> No, I've had a gin and tonic and a bottle of wine. So Actually, that. I've had two gin and tonics and a bottle of wine. Can so. I throw forward to my Seeds of Doom story, which is I Go was, on. when I was a runner, uh, working on um, uh, the green, green grass of home. It was just called green, green grass. Um, wow. I walked onto set to give everyone their teas, and John Chalice um, stopped for the recording and went, Buddy Holly! That was it. That was my Is that what he, said to- he calls you Buddy Holly. Yeah. Well, can I be the first person to say, I'm glad he's dead. Oh, God. <laughs> because no one says that to my friend. Thank you. Um, when, I, when I did After You're Gone with the wonderful Nicky Lindhurst, yeah. I, was, I was trapped for almost four hours on an outside location with him and we hardly spoke one. Paul, can I just say for people who haven't watched the video, how was Nicholas Lindhurst dressed? He was just as Gandalf. Hey! <laughs> I've, uh, I worked on that. That was also an episode. Obviously, you were on the outside broadcast. I was working in the studio yeah. for that. Oh, there fun stuff. Um, yeah. Is there anything you'd like to plug, Toby, other than mm. to just disown anything that's just been said? Please, Toby, uh, plug, plug <laughs> your superior podcast, podcast. I, well, no, and no, all your endeavours. I, I think it would seem wrong to mention that there are other Doctor Who podcasts because that's well, not there true. That's not yeah. true. There are no... I, I'm i a big fan of the wheezing groaning sound and I listen Yay. to it when I go running, uh, which means that I'm now clinically obese because you've had time off. Um, yeah. and, I, and I can't listen to this one because it would be listening to the sound of my own voice, which would be a bit like listening to Toby Haydoke's Time Travels which are available <laughs> on iTunes in another universe where there are other Doctor Who podcasts. Can you uh, can I just say there's some... only one and that's yours? Yes. That's the caveat. Um, can you buy uh, Moth Take My Doctor Who Scarf on, in any audio format? Is it available? Uh, uh, I, 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 you could pick it up on on Amazon, potentially. It's on my Patreon. I do have ah, a Patreon. Uh, yeah. But also, um, you know, I, 
I have I set up a Google alert about 15 years ago um, uh, that says moths ate my doctor's scarf, and I occasionally get a reminder that it's on all sorts of torrent sites that that are populated do that. by people Don't in Anthony Ainley's book. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> Don't do that. Give Toby your money because. I, I, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn to say that we all love Toby on this podcast. 100%. And he's very much seen to us as like a, a guardian of who. And exactly. To, to, to find out that we had his approval was honestly a great day for this podcast. So thank you so much, Toby, for joining us. Thank you. Well, it's been an absolute joy. I, I wish I had as much fun as you you lot do doing it because uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. So I'm sorry if I just uh, brought a bit no, of no, Wikipedia, no. Wikipedia to proceedings. <laughs> you were absolutely amazing and we constantly pushed the train onto different tracks. Yeah. And you managed to get it back on the track and got us to the station on time. And I do declare that Madam mm. Rebus got to <laughs> her appointment on time. <laughs> <laughs> Join us again next time where we will be... <laughs> Visiting the pirate planet with someone we don't know who yet. We don't know who yet. It might be it might be any old prick we find on the street, but <laughs> it might be someone exciting. How very Margaritas of you! I too, did uh, to say I, that. I did tweet I did tease this as January. We're going to do Nicky's <laughs> time. I think we're just going to do this episode for January, <laughs> if I'm honest. But you know, stick with us. We've got five more episodes to go. As Tom himself says at the end of this episode, five more to go. Yeah. I mean, I've asked Hillary Swank, and I'm just waiting. <laughs> I've, I've asked Hillary, Dr. Hillary from the oh, really? ITV. Anyone, from, anyone the ITV. Other, from the ITV. From the ITV. Could I be any more vague? I uh, I sent I sent my secret letter to the liberal cabal and asked uh, Hillary Clinton if she wanted to do it. <laughs> Um, uh, well, she, she, yeah. <laughs> well, well, true to form, I asked uh, Hillary Minster, who's, uh, who's who's one of a number of people that are in both Alo Alo and Genesis of the Daleks, but uh, oh. who died several years ago, so is unavailable. Damn it. That's a shame. Von Klinkerhoff and cannot make the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, until next time. But sadly, the one person who was really keen to do the next episode was <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein, but sadly, he's unavailable, I'm told by his agent. Has been rendered unavailable. <laughs> Until next time, keep a wheezing and a groaning and take care of yourself and each other. We'll see you later. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.